Have you ever played racquetball before? No, but I'm just intrigued by the amount of racquetball courts I see listed all over the fucking place. Right, you've never lived a place where white people are the predominant ethnicity. Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking racquetball. I, they're actually probably technically swa- uh, squash courts, but squash courts and racquetball courts are kind of the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, racquetball can best be described as murder tennis. That's what I've heard. You literally just smack the shit out the ball. Then you it's a the little player, more right? complicated than that. Like, I can explain the rules of racquetball at a rough glance if you want. Sure. Well, so there is a there's a line. If I'm, it's been a couple years, I'll probably get some of this wrong a little bit. There's a um there's a line a little bit up the wall. I think it's like about net height for a yeah. It's like maybe three feet off the ground or something. And the general rule of racquetball is so long as you get yeah, when you return the ball. It doesn't touch the ground, and it gets over that line. And that may be squash. I may be confusing the two. Or it may be just it has to get off the ground and hit that back wall to be fine. But um, when it returns back to you, you only get one bounce on the ground before it's a problem. So typically you play in, you're playing kind of a duo, meaning it's one versus one, and you're in the murder box. And the strategy in some ways is to fucking wail on that ball as hard as fucking possible not to make it harder for you, but because when it comes back, it like ricochets off multiple walls, it becomes harder to keep track of. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but it doesn't show up. And it like it's tennis, but more expensive in a weird way because you need eye protection. Well, I figured as much. I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah, and you and you play with like a rubber ball meant to like murderize bounce. <laughs> I'm like that soft, cushiony tennis ball. This is a fucking like hollow core bouncy ass rubber ball like it's basically like playing tennis with those fucking super balls kind of but you're locked in a cube and death is all around you and hmm? kind of figured considering i've seen like some stuff all like before in the past with like racquetball and it just looks fucking painful it's yeah it 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 is a very white people sport. I, I don't know why my kind invented it. Like, we looked at tennis and said, how can we combine tennis and dodgeball? Racquetball. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 105, right? Yes, 105. One oh five. Yeah, I guess it's an okay time to be alive. I hate that phrase. <laughs> Good time to be alive, as in any other point in time where you were alive. No, it's a bad time to be dead when you're supposed to be alive. I, I fucking hate myself right now. God <laughs> fucking damn it. Yes, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, official podcast of Something Wicked Studios. We're a video game podcast, allegedly, I think, kind of, sort of. I don't know. We pretend to be. But yeah, welcome. Congratulations, you found us or something. Why am I always so fucking sarcastic in these intros? Like, yeah, Lottie like, fucking die. You found us something you maybe listened to with some frequency. Good job, champ. No, yeah. welcome. Actually, we're glad you listen. Why am I being an asshole right now? <laughs> welcome to the fucking podcast. Motherfucker. That you found on the internet, asshole. Thanks for using our website's bandwidth. Yeah. I mean, I guess for. if you want to you wanna fucking stick around and listen, we've got a little bit of a podcast. They we talk about games and shit. They talk if they you run about an hour or two, typically closer to an hour, two hours. So, yeah, I guess we could fill some time for you, whatever. 
Yeah, you got a long fucking drive? Well, guess what? You can put up with our shit, and we'll put up with your shit for two hours. After a hundred some odd episodes, we should be better at this, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should. Bloody but we're fucking not. do. <laughs> Why are we assholes this week? I don't know. I Punchy. have no idea. Maybe it's because we actually have news this close to fucking E3. It's so fucking weird. Like this, sh- this should be me scraping a barrel, being like, "Ah, did you know Sea of Thieves had a live stream dev thing?" And it was like, "Yeah, we're gonna fix that game." That also happened this week. But we're not gonna fucking talk about it because it's like, "Yep." What do we have to say on that? I bet it happened. Will it make Sea of Thieves better? Time will tell. Probably not. <sighs> well. Now that we've got that out of our system, yeah. we can welcome the people legitimately. <laughs> welcome. I even sound sarcastic doing that. Like, welcome <laughs> to our secret club. We don't want you here. The more yeah. people that listen to us, the less exclusive we are. No. It's very hipster of you. Please don't listen to anything I'm saying right now. I don't know why I'm <laughs> like this in this intro. <laughs> I'm a little worried myself. Are you all right? I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yes, this week at work sucked. I worked 50 hours this week, 20 of which was in two days. <laughs> Actually, more than 20. I worked one 16-hour day and, like, one 12-hour day. My Wednesday and Thursday sucked. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Uh, I've had actually a good week. I can't complain too much. That's good. Should we just get into weeks and bypass my jackass of intro? <laughs> Well, yeah, let's let's turn it down a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's try and take this back down to social levels, shall we? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Keep listening, whatever, I guess. <laughs> Even that! <laughs> this is my bit this week. I'm not happy we have listeners. <laughs> Why am I saying these things? Why? What happened to me this week? Well, let's get into my week, I guess. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, in non-gaming news, I went to a graffiti exhibit uh, right at, on Saturday of last week, right after we recorded the podcast, or day after we recorded the podcast, uh, so Sunday, I guess. It was mm-hmm. cool. I, I, I'm much more to say it's called Beyond LA or something like that. I, it's, I beat the hipsters there, which is kind of fun. Like, ever managed to beat hipsters to a thing they'd be super into? Uh, no. It's kind of awesome, because they're all outside at the gates waiting for Will Call, and you're the first group of the first day to go in, and you're like, oh, we planned ahead. <laughs> We're going to go soak in all that art before you even get to Instagram it, fuckers. It was cool. I, 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 I'm I, a huge fan of street art, and I mean real street art, meaning like fucking vandal-ass shit, and they had plenty of that stuff, so that was pretty cool to see. I, but my favorite part was they had a collection of, they took a bunch of miniature, like, uh, RC home train car things and graffiti the shit out of them. Like, that is so fucking awesome. Not even tiny trains are safe. <laughs> yeah. But in video game news, I've been playing three things, two of them kind of Destiny ish. One of, I'm not sure why I played it. I, right, first off, I played the Detroit Become Human or whatever it's called demo from David Cage. It's the thing they had as part of E3 where you're that cop and you're a robot and you negotiate that hostage not to death. Uh, it's yes, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I, I will say this is the David Cage game that I didn't immediately have a like gut reaction of fuck this shit to, mm-hmm. which I have not felt since Indigo Prophecy or Fahrenheit for our European listeners. I most of David Cage's stuff kind of fills me with a 
well, this pretentious ash bullshit, like it's it's weird. This one feels still a little overdone, but kind of cool because there's some systems going on. And unlike other David Cage games where like there's always a right path to David Cage games, this one kind of feels like there's a little more room for you're gonna get to the same conclusion or similar stuff or same web. But there are multiple paths there, and the demo did a good job of intriguing me to stuff where, like, it's not quite clear what the consequence system is, but I guess, like, my my cop android's uh, programming came slightly unhinged as a result of my, acts, uh, my, uh, my actions. I think that's because I just straight fucking lied to someone. Like, it was, I was very much playing a kind of as a, like, no, you're going to die, so I'm going to lie to you all the fucking I can because you're going to die and it won't matter. You're going to wind up dead, so fuck it. Like, who cares if I lie to you? But I, I enjoy it's a consequence of, like, yeah, if you lie to your kind to, like, do what the humans want, like, you're betraying your programming, maybe, kind of. I, It didn't explain a lot of stuff. It it was interesting. I kind of dug it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was wondering if they'd be stuff like, like, you, you mentioned, like, the programming got unhinged and all that stuff as a result of what happened. Yeah. Like, I've never played one of these games from that guy who just David what was Jay's name was? Uh David Cage. I've never played a David Cage game, at least that I know of. They range from eh to really fucking pretentious. Like like uh, Heavy Rain's probably the best one and the most like David Caging as hard as David Cage can fucking David Cage. Um Beyond <laughs> Two Souls is the most recent one and I don't like that one. Like that's that one I think is genuinely bad. This one kind of had some stuff going on I kind of dug. But at the same time like where uh where heavy range is just like lousy with a fucking swipe quick time button input quick time events kind of thing. Uh mm. this one had a bit of that, but also it wasn't as bad and unlike Beyond Two Souls where it's like Oh, we have this gimmick where you can play a ghost. This one felt kind of telltale, where it's like, no, it's kind of mostly a consequence and action system, and like, you, you like, at least the cop system was like, you should fucking gather evidence, but you should not be fucking slow about gathering evidence because hostage situation and like, people will get hurt and like taking too long is a choice. I other David KG games have had moments where it's like. Well, the game obviously wants me to cut off my finger to stop this uh, terrorist, so I'll just do it. I can't believe you cut your finger off. Well, that was obviously the right choice, so fuck you, game. <laughs> your character will remember this. I, Yeah, he's fucking missing a finger. I hope he's not, like, every day waking up going, Ah, where's my finger? Right? Like, oh, damn it. What happened here? Like, Someone will the, fill me in. Will the consequence be in like eight hours? I have to salute someone and they straight shoot me because I now lack my index finger or something and I can't salute properly? Is that <laughs> the, like that's kind of the consequence of these games though? Like, that's how like David Cagey they can get where it's like, ah, I see you're missing a finger and you can't like operate this mech hand correctly because it requires four fingers and a thumb. This is the failure state you find yourself in. This was the consequence for doing what we wanted you to do. But it wasn't. You should have tried the fifth option. Gargle with mouthwash and spit it in my attacker's eyes? Yes, that one. Okay, I I'm making shit up, but that's kind of how fucking out there David Cage games can get. Okay. Huh. Those are... Uh, 
I don't know if I can get into that. That's to each their own. Like, I don't, I have a history of not liking these, but Detroit seemed actually kind of cool. Like, it, it may be the best game he's made, which, depending on who you are, is not saying anything, or it's like me being like, this might actually technically be a video game. He has that, okay, so he has that Hideo Kojima issue where it's not totally clear he really wants to be making a video game. Like, it, it almost feels like he'd much rather be making a movie. You have to see, like, five or six times where, like, the five or six different showings are slightly different. Like, he really wants to be some, like, artsy, noir bullshit guy who's like, yes, I made this movie. There are seven different versions of this movie. I'm not telling you which one you saw. And the killer might be different depending on which one you see. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I... Yeah. Still not, it's not grabbing me. <laughs> I, I'm still kind of like... No, and, and, and that's the issue. Like, either you like David Cage games, or you hate David Cage games, or you're like me, where you're like, I, I need to know. I don't typically like these games, but I gots to know. What's this <laughs> one like? Oh, it's a David Cage game still. Money well spent. Like, it, it, there's a whole online community of me, of people like me, like, they're like watching David Cage being like, okay... Is this a David Cage video game? I'm going to check it out to make sure it is because we need you out there making, like, tone-deaf, socially not-quite-right, like, overly, I have, like, justice-y, like, we, we, we need your, like, lack of, what's the right word for it, like, uh, respect for the topic out there to remind us what a good video game is. It, they're often very kind of, uh, they miss, they say something, but they say it in like the exact wrong way. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, your your point is correct, but you conveyed it all wrong. Congratulations. Yeah, but I played the. Hmm? These games just don't call to me. So I was like, I, I, I've heard of Beyond Two Souls, but no, mm. I, I. If you have PlayStation Plus, Beyond Two Souls is or was free for PlayStation Plus. I think the month we're recording this in, so. If you're curious, go check it out. But I, yeah, I, I would never actively recommend a David Cage game because I, I, I don't think I've ever actually enjoyed one. But I've played like the majority of them because I, there's something in them I find beautiful, but for like all the wrong reasons. It's like, ah, oh, you could not have like done this more tone deafly or socially like less consciously. Like it's, I, I get it. Like. It, they're very French, is maybe huh. the right word for it, because it's it, David Cage is French. Okay. They they feel very, yeah, like they, they except for the fact they typically get big budgets because these fuckers sell and they're popular and very and in circles like it's they feel very kind of like that indie game that's trying to tackle a social topic, but like it's tackling a social topic that the creator should have. Definitely should not have. Like it'd be like a, it'd be like an indie game developer who's identifies as a neo-Nazi and like has a fucking swastika pinned in their forehead, trying to tell an accurate story of what it was like in Auschwitz, where they might get like all the plot points correct, but you still feel as though the fact he's a Nazi might color, you know, some of the telling a little bit. David Cage is not a Nazi, but that's kind of a, that that's occasionally the kind of weirdness that some of these topics are conveyed with. He's also allegedly a creepy dude, so I like there's that whole <laughs> like there's a whole Ellen Page debacle because she was the main character or she mo capped and acted the main character of Beyond Two Souls and like 
there was a I think we talked about on this podcast actually way the fuck back when, but like they did a full body scan of her naked and she never shows up naked in the game, but like there was weird shit where it's like, oh yeah, you could like totally find full 3D renderings of Ellen Page out there that were like from that studio where it's like, what the fuck? I remember when that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like hitting somewhere in the game files or some shit like that. Yeah, and like David Cage's reaction was, I do not get why someone would find this wrong. It's like, it's a little creepy, dude. Okay, it's a lot creepy, but. It is creepy, but I mean, didn't she? I mean, not defending it, but I'm just curious. She did not, like, volunteer or rather, like, consented to be. I, 3D scanned nude or something? No, I don't know. I end this one because I don't know the full story on it. I don't think she, like, the issue is, like, it shouldn't have been developed. Like, ah. it's, why was it textured and shit? That's like, true. why did someone put time and effort into texturing this when you only see her in the shower from, like, the shoulder up where it's like, no, no, you could have totally done a texture map that, like, just was like a like skin shaped blob from the bottom down. Like there was detail put into this that did not need to be there because gotcha. it was not visible. Okay, that makes like th- this was developed in ways it should not have been developed. Like it's it it'd be like if they it, it, it this is totally kind of a, an unfair example of it. it's like it'd be like if we found out that under Master Chief's armor there was a fully modeled penis where it's like what why. Why would you spend time and effort on this? Okay. It's like, if you take the armor off and, like, it's just fucking him with his dick hanging out. It's like, why would you bother rendering this? His skin is obviously the armor. <laughs> like, why is there even a face in that helmet? Why does it look like Chucky from Ta- Child's Play? Why would you do this, Bungie? Yeah, it, it's that, I guess. Like, it's a really weird example to give, but, like, that's the kind of, like, but why did you do this? But uh, on more productive gaming news, I guess, I I played a mobile game called Shadow Gun Legends because someone told me it was like Destiny 2, but for phones, and, or sorry, Destiny 1, but for phones, and uh-huh. you know, they're, they're kind of right, the game doesn't totally suck, but it's also not great. Is it kind of like, um, what do you call it, does it still have all the loot box shit and stuff like I, that? It's got stuff, you can definitely put money in the game, it is most definitely a mobile game, uh, it's, but... It's kind of got to, like, it's more, it's like, wow, that's totally the cabal. Wow, that's totally the hive. Oh, so it's one of those, like, weird ripoff ones. Yeah, it it does more stuff. Like, I guess it's a sequel, technically, to a game that was kind of like Gears of War, I guess. Like, I've never played the original one, so I, if you're looking for a mobile game that's not Fortnite or PUBG, maybe go check this out. Like, I didn't hate it. I I find Mm. manipulating a game in mobile fucking weird without a controller but that's a separate topic but like it's it is it is it is a game i will give it that and the like shooting controls don't totally suck on it but i guess this, this is a long way to get to the main thing i played this week which was i played the destiny 2 warmind expansion how was that because i've i have not been wanting to, to try that it is better than curse of osiris was but I'm not say I'd say it's fucking uh, it's a, it, it's definitely not the best thing and it may it, it also contains a very weird realization for me which is why I am playing that game now on the PS4 as opposed to PC. I well, I heard there was also drama with that because like two of the raids are strikes. Pretty, uh, yeah, so two of the strikes are recycled and then one of them 
is, is the new one, but it's exclusive to PS4. Yep, and that is why... It, so, back when it was just Xbox versus PS4, the joke was, well, there's technically more Destiny on PS4 because you had, in kind of vanilla Destiny 1, you had a whole extra strike, and then when the two DLCs came out, you got a strike exclusive to both of those DLCs. Like, they were never the best strike, but in a game that's all about repeating content, a little bit more variety goes a long-ass way. Like, the fact that, like, oh, there's a couple extra exotics in these games, too, also goes a long-ass way. It shouldn't, but... It, so then... I, I So I had the moment where... You never experienced this because you never... Because you didn't have a... You did you transfer a character over from your, on your PS4 account? Uh, no. So if you did that, which I did... There is certain in-game dialogue that is different, and the kind of newbie player version of that ga- of that dialogue, the non-imported character, I fucking hate as a veteran player. And it happened in the Warmind stuff, where my where my ghost was like, "Oh hey, this looks like some shit from that DLC you played," and I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, it does, huh?" And it was like, "Oh shit, that's why I hate the PC version because my ghost is a dumbass." And I have to have stuff explained to me where it's like, oh, these Vex look different. Yes, they're from the Vault of Glass. Like, I I had not played the Curse of Osiris DLC yet either. I went back and played that on my PS4. So, I guess back up a step. I had not touched my PS4 character since, probably since before Curse of Osiris because I had not played that yet. So, I found myself fucking power leveling my character's armor level and stuff just so I could actually get into and not die instantly in um, Warmind, which... If it's possible, maybe play Warmind underleveled because that expansion is real fucking cool if it's your back against the wall the entire time. Okay. Like, that game, I, I, I'd forgotten how good Destiny is when Destiny is hard. <laughs> and Destiny 2 was not good. It was never really hard at any point in the time. Like, I, that, that game has had an easy issue, I think, since it came out, and... Like, playing that content, like, severely under-leveled, like, almost 30 point, like, 20, 30 points under, like, recommended um, light level, under-leveled, was really fucking fun, where it's like, okay, I have to be tactical now. Why? Because a lot of this shit can one-shot me. Uh, yeah, it's, it does some stuff, like, the, the patrol zone for it, actually, it's a patrol zone, unlike uh, Curse of Osiris, so, uh, yeah, I... I suspect most of Destiny 2's players at this point like bought like the collector's edition or whatever the equivalent was, so you're probably technically getting this for free. So if you're thinking about going back, go check it out. It's fine. Like I'm not like, like I'm not sure I'd even recommend buying Destiny 2 at this point, but like this is this is better than Curse of Osiris was and it's fun, but it's also got some really dumbass problems, but they're like the Valkyrie, that crazy ass spear weapon you get is kind of fucking cool, so you can pick up a spear weapon at certain points where it's like this, like you're throwing a missile at people and it's really kind of fucking fun. <laughs> well, throwing a missile does sound kind of cool. Yeah, it's or it's like a light, it's like a light lance or something. But it's it. it so in Rise of Iron, they gave you the um, Lord Saladin's axe. It's kind of wow. it kind of plays like that. Where it's like this is cool. I feel powerful when I have this, and that makes me feel cool. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like my time away from that game has made me realize just like how aggressively linear parts of it are, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like it's also this weird moment where it's like, you know, it's a really fun ass game. Destiny, Destiny plays real fucking fun. Well, 
that's the thing though. I enjoyed the gameplay. Yeah. Like I really liked it on PC. I, I genuinely enjoyed yeah. it. It's just uh I just I I don't know. Like Yeah, no, I, I I'm weirdly with you on this one. Like it I definitely have this weird ass moment where I'm like, this is really fun. Why did I stop playing? And then I'm like, oh right, because yeah. <laughs> because this is what it is it. Yeah, like it was one of the things where I'm like, right, when I'm done with this campaign, I'm probably going to stop playing because like and to be fair, I have a little more stuff I want to go poke around at. I got, I got lucky and got a fucking kick-ass exotic right off the bat. That was, it's a new SMG to the expansion that, like, when you kill stuff with it, it reloads itself without having you reload it. So I'm like, this is kind of fucking cool. It's like sweet business, but not uh, minigun. It's an SMG. So it's like, ah, oh, this is fun. This feels zippy. This is neat. Well, since I technically did buy the one that has the expansion, I may, and this is a, a may, like a very yeah. big maybe consider trying it out but it's i think it's worth it's if you're already in destiny 2 it's definitely worth checking out because it's kind of neat like it's that's the issue it's good it's like it's definitely a it's definitely way better than curse of osiris was but i'm not sure i i wouldn't say it's meaningly more than curse of osiris was like if you if you play destiny year one i mean destiny year one not destiny two year one i really do mean destiny like this is very much like hey we put out more content. Are you happy now? Like it's, it's weird. Where kind of it's. I'm I'm at this point where it's like, what if you just bundled these two into one thing and made them bigger at the same time? Like I, the content spikes are great, but they're not frequent enough. And again, like I think all of us are sitting, all the Destiny players are sitting here going, okay, so when's Destiny 2's version of Taken King? Because that's when Destiny One actually got like defendably good. Mm-hmm. And like to be fair, I played way too much of Destiny One. Like Destiny Two, nowhere near those numbers. But like the fact I still see sites like Polygon running, like oh, here's what loots in the game this week, etc. Here's what Zers got. Makes me go like, what the fuck is going on? Like why? Why are you bothering to waste bandwidth on this? Like no one's like, yes, people are playing this, but like seriously, why? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're a brave soul for giving it a shot. It's I, nice to know that I had to know. Insider. I was curious. I, I'll probably poke at a little bit more. Like it's, I, I think I'm definitely done with it on PC. As status, it's like it's the the PC version is better, but my character on PC fucking sucks, and there's mm-hmm. less destiny. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I like it a lot more on PC, and it's just the lack the the idea that they have a third one that's exclusive only to PS4 really fucking blows and well they had that in curse of osiris too they had that at the launch of the game um that uh the the taken strike in the earth uh, in the earth dead zone that like it's not the best strike but it's full of some kind of cool lore that's a ps4 exclusive i think it's that one I... hmm. well if destiny's going to continue this in any sense i think it might be their contract with sony or whatever yeah. i don't know if that keeps going then i don't see any reason to support destiny at the PC level at all. Yeah, and there's always been talk of, like, oh, you'll be able to track. It's the, like, beyond the content issue, my issue is the fact that, like, for better or worse, the character I'm playing on the PS4 version is the character I played in Destiny 1. I transferred that character over, like, that th- those small, dumb dialogue changes shouldn't matter to me, but they do. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the few things in this game that respect the fact that I played a shit ton of Destiny 1. And, like, in a weird way, that matters to me. The fact that my ghost isn't a total dumbass. The fact that, like, in the opening part of the game, uh, fucking Shaxx like, calls you by the nickname you get in Rise of Iron, 
as opposed to just fucking Guardian. It's like, oh, it's you. Fucking yeah, you can fix this shit. <laughs> Versus it's like, get out. Okay. Literally, it's like, it's the difference between feeling like it's, oh shit, you're here. We got this, bros. He's here. Do you see what Guardian's here? They got this. Versus in the kind of like, I start a new character of one. It's like, oh, Guardian, go into my armory. Versus the one I got. Oh, you're here? Cool. Dude, <laughs> we should hang. <laughs> or just like, yeah, it's like, it's dumb stuff where it's like, oh, that banner, we haven't, like, that was, uh, fucking, um, not Skolas, uh, what was the guy from, um, Prison of Elders called, uh, the, the, uh, Varix? Nah, I, the, the, the one fallen you could talk to who was friendly, it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's his fucking mark, what the hell's up with that? They've done fucking nothing with it, but at the same time, as a veteran Destiny player, my ghost goes, huh, that's the House of Judgment signal, and I'm like, yes, yes it is, versus a new character account kind of thing, it's like, I don't know this fallen symbol. I'm like, yes, I fucking do. <laughs> but I've gone on about Destiny more than I intended to. Uh, yeah, Destiny. If Warmind's out. If you're still playing Destiny, I'm sure you've already played it. If you're, like, curious, go check it out if it's free. Like, again, like, I, I wouldn't recommend buying Destiny. Like, fuck, the, a humble bundle just came out that you can get Destiny for PC for 15 bucks. Like, maybe you should read into that some. Or don't. I don't know. <laughs> You've delivered more content for Destiny than fucking Bungie has. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, there's an argument to be made that SWS has added like has more Destiny-based content than there are hours in Destiny to fill with content. Yeah, that's that's a sad reality. I, I'm exaggerating some for comedic effect, but I also don't think I'm that wrong about that sentence. Like, I think our like. Uh, the number of hours of video we have based on that game is definitely longer than Destiny 1's campaign is. <laughs> but yeah, what have you been up to, man? Uh, well, this past weekend was my birthday weekend, so um, I uh, I kind of yeah, uh, I kind of just took it easy. Didn't really do much, which I was really happy with. Um, did we talk about friends- last week? Like, I made a joke well, fucking French toast or something. Well, yeah, but I actually did stuff after the podcast. I was okay. related to my birthday. Because I had my friends who were visiting from out of town gotcha. come by and see me. So we uh, we went to this place called Meatzilla. How um, was Meatzilla? It was really good. They, I really, really liked it. Um, so they're Explain big, like, Meatzilla. So Meatzilla is a big, like, it's a local little burger place that makes, like, these gargantuan-esque burgers. But they're, like, they're they're interesting because, like, they have different styles and a bunch of different things they do with them. But, um, like, there's almost, like, some Korean food fusion involved in it. Like, they have, um, they call it the Kim Park Lee, I think it was. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think that's the name. But it's, like, a burger. You still get the burger patty, but you get, like, bulgogi in it and uh, some sauce and, sure. like, some uh, kimchi stuff, I think, in it. Or, or at least some, uh, some, of the, some of the salad that you normally get from Korean barbecue. And it was really good. Um, I got that. My friends got this just the regular Eastern burger, I think they called it. Uh, but one of the things you can do is you can, uh, meet, what was it? Meatsa it. And what they do is they take the, they actually give you the, bur- the burger in this weird thing where, so normally, you know, the, the, the circular side of the bun is on the top, right? Uh-huh. That's what we know. So what they do is they actually flip it upside down and the flat bun gets turned over and they turn that into a pizza. So you have a pizza bun for your burger and it was really delicious. It I works like out. this. Yes. So I'll have to show you pictures of it really quick here, but yeah, uh, they have a couple different cool little novelty burgers, and like I said, they I found them on Instagram. I don't know how it came up, 
but it's like the old school burgers and they have these uh korean barbecue-esque fries which are really fucking good those are probably my favorite thing because hmm. it comes in like the actual sauce and everything like it's it's legit uh let's see oh yeah i was right it's called the kim park lee they put bulgogi angus chuck cheddar sauteed kimchi lettuce and mizillo sauce okay so um we already have a favorite burger place at SWS, and it's Grill 'em All. We're on the Grill 'em All versus meats. Which is superior? Honestly, like for the taste, I would go with Meatzilla. Really? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Grill 'em All was good, and maybe it was just the burger I had that was kind of meh. But like this place was really good. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like on the uh, as Grill 'em All being the pinnacle of what we think a burger should be at SWS. Like this fights. This is in that category. Yeah. I would say okay. it's in that category. Like, they have a... Here, I'll tell you about one of the other things that, that they had here. And I think this is what we had. Uh, so we had uh, the Kim Parkley fries, sure. I guess is what it was. Uh, or actually, no, it was tater tots. My bad. Yeah. But the, uh, they have bulgogi beef, Korean chili, jalapeno cheese sauce, minced onion, kimchi slaw, pickled jalapeno, and kimchi furukake, I guess. That is correct. And it was... Yeah. And that's really, really good. Um, they have also things called the Ghost Face Zilla. Like, they have some, no- like, novelty names as well for some stuff. Uh, which is, like, Angus Chuck, Applewood Bacon, Pickled Habanero and Jalapeno Slices, Ghost Pepper, Scorpion Pepper Aioli, and House Jalapeno Cheese Sauce. The Notorious P.I.G. French Fries or Tater Tots with Jalapeno Cheese Sauce, Crispy Bacon, Minced Onion, Habanero Salsa, Sour Cream, and Cilantro. Like, they, they have some good stuff. I would say they are fancier burgers than Grilla Mall is. Possibly, but um, I don't think they're like I think in terms of price, they're not that higher up. Like they're they're reasonably priced for whatever fancy burger you're getting, so to speak. Sure, but yeah, like it's they were, it was like here the yakuza, katsu fried chicken, bacon minced onion, tomato, cabbage slaw, fried egg, and tonkatsu spread. Like that's it's good. Sure. So I went there. Had a couple burgers with some friends, uh, and they were really good. And then we walked over to this place called Little Damage Ice Cream. I don't know if you've ever heard of it I have before. not heard of that one. So, I'm sure you've seen it posted all over the hipster Instagram shit. It's that black ice cream with the black cone. I think I actually have had this, I think. Yeah. It's like it's... sesame ice cream or something? No, it's actually um, Nutella. Oh. I, had a... I asked them. I had Asian <laughs> ice cream that was like sesame-based um, uh, ice cream. It was good. Yeah, no, this place is, like, if you look on Instagram, it's super, like, it's super publicized with, like, the stupid, like, sign that they have, licked at its mind, or whatever it's called. Sure. Like, it, it, it's all over, it's the only thing you see, but they ha- it's a black ice cream. So, what it is, is, I guess it's charcoal activated, or some sort of weird thing like that, but it's, it's alright. I like the cone a lot more than the ice cream, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think the cone was made out of Oreo or some shit, hmm. It was it was pretty good. They they have like their other flavors, which like unicorn tears and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah, fuck a place that does that. That's a little much. Yeah, but it's it's good soft serve ice cream, and sure. like I said, it's just that charcoal black flavor. Or well, it's Nutella, but it's like charcoal black ice cream. Sure. Um, and I will say it is it is it is very dark ice cream, and it will come out dark. <laughs> yeah, I. You heard my black food co- uh, coloring story? No, I have not. Uh, so, um, black food coloring is just really dark purple or really dark green. And if you don't uh-huh. know that, you will find yourself uh, peeing weird colors. Ah, good to know. 
But uh, yeah, the, I was surprised because I'm like, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I had charcoal. I made ice cream. <laughs> so look, I like I went to the bathroom. I'm like, that does not look right. What's I wrong with me? Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's right, ice cream. So that's the worst reality ever. Oh God, what happened? Right, ice cream. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it was pretty good. And so after I did that, my buddies wanted to grab a couple drinks, so we had a couple. I haven't had a beer in a while because, like, you know, with the yeah. whole carb thing, I wasn't having any alcohol. Yeah. And so I got a chance to enjoy a couple beers. So I went and had some. Uh, I, I went with Stone because that's my tried and true. I actually Which do one? really enjoy the taste. Uh, Ruination used to be a favorite. They changed the flavor on me. Mm. I probably. I think I had it once before, but I had it recently, and maybe yeah. I can't really compare them because it's been a long time sure. between the two. But I did enjoy what I had. Um, so it was, it was a good beer. I'm going to enjoy a couple more beers before I really start growing on my diet again. Cause I've been off of it for a little while now. Um, but yeah, it's, that did that. Then we went, after we got drinks, we went to go see Avengers Infinity War again. Is it uh, still good like, a second time? Yeah, it was. I got to enjoy, like, here's the thing. I had to go to the bathroom and I still wanted to stay around and watch. So, uh, I, I, I really like that movie. I'm glad I saw it twice. I probably will see it one more time at some point. Just because I really enjoyed it. I movie. still haven't managed to see it. Dude, it's it's a good movie. I'd probably overhype in it for you. I, but like I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So and I think it's because it just goes right into action. Yeah, I, I I've heard nothing but good things, and I've seen that fucking dissolving meme everywhere. Like I I've hit this point where part of me is like, I should see this still, and it's like, eh. Or <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's really fun. I really, really do like it. I'd recommend it uh, again, even after I've seen it twice. I still want to go see it. It's really still like good. It. It's still good. Hasn't lost its magic. So, um, that is pretty much what I've been up to. I do have one more thing that's kind of big, so that'll be fun. Uh, I am officially leaving. Not the podcast. I'm actually just moving over. We'll see about that. <laughs> Am I, am I kicked off the team? I don't know. Charlie? <laughs> but yeah, um, I ended up landing a nice little gig out in Oregon. So I'm going to be moving out there in the coming weeks. Uh, probably sometime near the end of June, I would say. Not 100% sure yet, depending on obviously finding an apartment and all that. So now the hunt for an apartment and moving logistics has begun. So, And considering this is, my, like, this is a statewide move, I've never done this before. I'm kind of in the dark, but luckily I have Charlie to help me out. Yeah, I, I, as someone who used to move things in large trucks for a living, kind of, like, that's kind of what being a roadie boils down to in a weird, dark way. I, it's been funny hearing you say things like, I'll do this, like, don't ever do that. That's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I, I, I figured I'd say something, but yeah, no, I'll definitely be picking your brain, but yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. the biggie. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, not all of the zoo will be coming with us, it sounds like. So just for those of you who are wondering what the zoo and the adventure is like here, they will, not all of them will be coming. We'll be bringing our dogs, the tarantulas, and the snake. There will be a battle royale. Mm-hmm. Only that the sounds strong, like a better way to do it. Only the yeah. strong will make it. Yeah. That, sounds, that actually sounds like it makes more sense. <laughs> that sounds fucked up. Yeah. yeah, just lock them in the, just open all the doors and then lock them in the, uh, all the cages are open, and then just close the bedroom door for about an hour and come back. It's just the snake sitting there looking fat as shit. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Well, the snake got the little dog. 
but that's not the dress of it. Oh, it's got the big dog, too, in my story. <laughs> it's just ruptured from eating the giant dog? No, it's just got the dog, like, standing up inside of it. Like, I know this is not how snakes work, but that's how I'm saying it does. You can see the wagging tail from yeah. inside the snake. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, I found out my dog can wag its tail today, and pugs trying to wag their tails are weird. Does it have a stubby tail? Or? It's got, like, a long curly cute tail, but, like, it... It functions like a stubby tail, so, like, the bottom of it moves back and forth, and the rest uh, of the tail stays weirdly in spot, and I'm like, what the shit are you doing? Huh. That's kind of goofy. Yeah. So how is, uh, how is your dog? Uh, she has a rawhide right now, so she's happy. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you guys are doing well. I love all the posts that you're putting out there. It's, uh, it's great. <laughs> she's a great dog. Uh, she's definitely not a terror, and I... I, I am the wrong person to own this dog, which I feel bad about because, like, I, I find myself saying, like, the worst sentences ever because I refuse to be one of those people that's like, oh, it's my fur baby. I'm her dad. Jen's her mom. I'm like, fucking no, it's a dog. And, like, I, eventually, I'll, like, and people will push it, like, oh, you'll feel differently. I'm like, no. The fact that I could snap this thing's neck and not go to jail for that probably will never be lost on me. No, you can definitely go to jail for that. They're, especially in California. It's, it, California's I'm not again. I'm like I'm not saying that because I would do that, but it's like this weird thing where my brain goes like, "Nah, this is not a person. I love it. It's great. It's really adorable. I don't wish it harm, but please stop trying to make me feel the same way I would feel about it that if it was a human baby." Well, I don't think the comparison is to a human baby. That's but where it some is. people take it. Like I. I know some people are like, oh, your parents are parents or are grandparents now, and I'm like, you could go fucking die. <laughs> I will you. admit, I I have used cheesy phrases like that before, though. But like, I know there's a line where like, here's the difference when it comes to that. Like, I will say dumb, cutesy shit like that when it comes to it. Like, oh, here come the kids, kind of thing. But like, here's the thing: if that dog ever got aggressive against other people, it's gone. Like, that's the difference. I'm not like, well, I'll try to defend it and take care of it. No, it'll be okay. Like, no, like, if this dog ever gets aggressive and attacks a person, it's gone. If you like, were that's the a reality. real dog owner, you'd take that dog to therapy, Alex, and you know it. No, no, there's only so much you can do when it comes to certain dogs, stuff like that. Like, uh. And the thing is, even if then, if your dog ever, like, realistically, if a dog ever bites another human being, it's basically got a death sentence. Because most of the time when those things happen and if it gets reported, that dog gets put down. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Well, my dog is teething right now, so it bites me all the time, but... Well, like, aggressive biting. Yes, like, I know. Teething I... is another thing. Like, it's probably adorable. Yes. It's a small it, little dog. <laughs> it has a rawhide now for that reason, though, too. Yeah. But yeah, I just like the fact that you're dressing up your, your dog so much. That's and... all Jen. That's not me. Uh, but you're allowing it. I... It's You're not allowing so much I'm it. allowing it as it was going to happen whether I allowed it or not, so I can just go with it, or I can make <laughs> a big deal out of it and not, like... Eh. Oh, your dog has flannel. I, it's fucking great. <laughs> I, it does help that the industry I work in has some very specific kind of accidental dress codes that she has fun messing with, like... She dresses my dog in, like, TD print shirt pattern stuff, so it's like, oh, it's your summer intern, I'm like, yep... Sure, we'll make that joke. <laughs> Why not? Oh, it's fucking good. 
But yeah, um, other than that, I really haven't uh, there, haven't done too much. Just mainly focused on trying to get this whole move thing going now. Yeah. My move is only across town. Imagine how much fun your move is going to be where it's like, oh, God, did we leave this in California? Yeah, no, that's why we're going to start getting everything done the day, two days before. And then literally the last night, we're just going to sleep bare bones. I got to pull my move. Got it. It's a good yeah. move. It doesn't suck at all. Everything will be cleared out the day before. And that way, the apartment will be completely empty on, on the day we're actually going to move. Yeah. We can just walk around. Cool. So, yeah, that's going to be happening. <laughs> Well, if that's it for weeks, I guess it's time for news. There we go. Still haven't replaced that yet. <laughs> I did start going through. I got there was this big like le- uh, release of sound files from I think it was BBC or something. Like, there's got to be one in there, and it's like, oh shit, it's like ten thousand sound files. Fuck. Holy shit! It's just free use. Yeah, it's all free use sound effects. Like, yeah, they're fucking fucking public domain. Like, here, have some. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it's cool when they released it, too. It's like, yeah, you want them? Take them. I'm like, neat. Because <laughs> normally, sound effects CDs are fucking expensive. Well, I mean, there's licensing involved. Uh, it's not so much that. It's like, it's like beyond licensing, it's like, oh, the CD of sound effects? We're going to charge you 100 bucks for it. Ah, holy shit. Yeah. Like, the general rule when it comes to sound effects is once they're on a CD like that, like, and it's not music, it's sound effects, they're kind of publicly domain, or, like, it's how do you enforce the sound of a knife being sharpened? You can't, so you just charge people a fuck ton on the source. Makes sense. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about the various ins and outs of what it costs to get your access to sound effects. We're here to talk about gaming news, aren't we? Uh, I think so, when we're not a food podcast and a dog podcast. Yeah, well, let's start this one off. I can't... Okay, I feel bad. Like I feel bad about saying what I said about like my relationship with my dog. I would never hurt my dog. It's a great dog, but like it's, <laughs> the, I have this bizarre instinct of anytime someone's like, "Oh, it's your fur baby," I'm like, I could kill this dog. <laughs> again, I'm doing it again. Why am I doubling down on this shit? <laughs> I would never hurt my dog, but like it's where my brain goes because I hate people. They're like, "Oh, it's your." now gaming news moving on to that shit to get me away <laughs> from this topic uh what do we got right off the bat let's start off with dog fighting um pokemon go fest 2 has been announced uh i look forward to train wreck 2 this will be fun so i uh, this only makes the news because rarely do people show that they are you know maybe learning from their mistakes um uh-huh and by that i mean that they have cha- they've made the choice to this is a pretty big choice, actually. Um, rather than having everyone in one fucking area like they had last time, which caused all the cell phone issues, they're setting it up across a path that you can walk. So, you know, maybe they'll spread that shit out. I still think it's gonna fuck. Uh, it's a two-mile-long course through Lincoln Park, which apparently is a real park in Chicago. Uh huh. I still think it's gonna be bad. Two miles is not long enough to cover all these people in one area. Two miles is a lot of space. It's two miles a lot of space, but reality, how many cell phone towers do you have covering a two mile range? Yeah, that's the issue. Like, dude, when I met when I met, for example, when I was at Comic Con, a lot of the areas in Comic Con had shit reception because there's so many people everywhere. Like, that's the thing. So I don't. I'd like to see how this goes. Maybe Sprint is actually gonna invest in getting some boost towers, stuff like that, or. What not considering there were the big sponsor last year, or is it again this year, or what's going on with that? Um, 
I Does it sprint like the big handler for I Pokemon Go? I don't have those details. I, I think the reality is like the fact we still talk about Pokemon Go is that only because I find it interesting and kind of we were big into it at one point. I genuinely think we've reached a point with Pokemon Go where no one fucking cares. Like, not no one, but like the majority of like the people that make decisions at cell phone carriers and all that jazz do not give a shit. <laughs> Who knows though? I yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how this goes, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna be optimistic about this one. Uh, yeah, I, it's weird. Like it's Niantic. I I feel it's sunk down to kind of Niantic levels, where those that are still into Pokemon Go are fucking into Pokemon Go still, and like the same with the people that were into Niantic were like fucking into Niantic and were like barricading church doors and pushing people off roofs and shit and, like, other crazy-ass bullshit because that game brought out the worst in people. I, I, If you told me, like, it's twice the size of whatever community that was, I'd be like, okay, that sounds right. But I, it's weird because when, th- when it was hot, it was like, okay, this is the big next thing. And then it kind of, then summer ended and people stopped giving a fuck. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I find the topic fascinating. Hopefully our listeners still do, too. <laughs> Uh, moving on from that, we have uh, so Square Enix. You know Square Enix. Yes, yes. The, the, the tried and true, classic, home, very friendly. Love them. Square Enix. They make all those Japanese RPGs that I really enjoy. Yes, they're going to be at E3 this year. They're, were they having in the past or what? Uh, they're having a press conference this year. This is the first press conference they've had since 2015. This is good. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of details out about it, but it's kind of it's it's big news they're putting on a press conference, which means they got stuff potentially. Yep, the big one, of course, that they're talking about is Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, but I I don't think you can do an entire long an hour long presentation on just Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, but you can definitely have people show up. Yeah, that and then lead them along for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, they in theory have stuff like the the they could do the new Tomb Raider at this, which would make sense because they're technically the publishers behind that. I, if they still had Hitman, it would totally make sense that Hitman season two was happening at this. I, but they do they not have Hitman? No, that they, um, Idos, the guys behind Hitman, bought that out from them. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's uh, June eleventh, Monday, eight ten a.m. Pacific time. So yeah, more for the docket. Huh. Yeah. But apparently, I guess the, I was reading on here, they have possibly, they're working on an Avengers game? Uh, yeah, they do have that. I totally forgot about that. There's no details on it, but. No, it's fucking quiet. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with that. Yep. Huh. Uh, if Jeff was here, he'd be all, what about the Final Fantasy VII remake? That'll be there, right? And I, I don't think that's real, but who the fuck knows? You know what? I love Final Fantasy VII, but seriously, they need to let that shit go. Like, I... it's. They've done a they've done a person where they upgraded it, and they released it again. Like, not what, really, what is, but well, the one on PC actually is not bad. And there's somebody went around and came up with like high def textures for the whole fucking game, so that's yeah. pretty nice. But like, yeah, like that's what a mod else though at do? that point, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a mod, but the actual game itself was originally done by Square Enix and put on. PC. Yeah, I, yeah, yes, I know, I know, I. Yeah, but seriously, at this point, what what the fuck else are you going to introduce? It's spoiler alert. Fucking Eris dies. Sephiroth's an asshole. What? Like, 
let that shit go, people. Like, I get it, but, like, this is starting to reach levels of Duke Nukem Forever-esque lore. Like, Oh, no. Oh. Duke Nukem Forever wishes it was at the levels the Final Fantasy VII community was. Like, no one was clamoring for the return of the Duke. I, I, I think it's one of these things, if you told, like, the right Final Fantasy VII fans, hey, if you killed, like, 100 people and then we'll release it the next day, you would get some murder done. <laughs> Please don't go murder people. That's not a real announcement. Yes, that's not me announcing. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's the Final Fantasy com fan community is passionate, especially about Seven. Well, yeah, Seven's the golden child. It's not even the best time. Final Fantasy. I'll say it. What do you think is a better Final Fantasy? I like Nine a lot. Like Nine is really fucking good. I, I like Nine a lot. Um... 15 was okay. Uh, like, 1, 2, and 3 are also pretty fucking good. Like, I, every Final Fantasy is different by enough that, like, each is kind of cool in its own way, I guess. Like, even 10, which has some real fucking problems, like, the, the, the graphical quality of that game is fucking impressive and kind of cool. Like, I, I, only, like, I think 12's the one I hate, but, like, what's one, what's one with Lightning? That's gotta be 12, right? Not sure. I, yeah, I. The one with lightning is bad, but it also like it's still kind of okay because they changed it up. It's a different battle system, which makes it different, I guess. Like I, I, I don't know. I, like seven's cool and all. It's got a cool cast, but like it's got no black mage, and black mage is the fucking best Final Fantasy character. Uh, I beg to differ. I would say ten is probably one of my favorites just because it brought us Riku, which brought us Jessica Negri cosplays. So, thank you forever, Final Fantasy X, for bringing us through. Eh. If we're going along that lines, ten is also good, but not for Riku, for Lulu. Lulu was pretty fucking cool, though. I liked her. I, Black Mage character. Like always best character in every game. Uh, I like Auron a little bit more for that one. Auron was just kind of... He's cool. cool. His weapon isn't a voodoo doll. That's true. And he's not wearing an outfit just made of belt buckles. <laughs> Lulu is peak Final Fantasy character design. Lulu is peak goth Final Fantasy character design. I don't know. There were more belt buckles in a lot of those games than dudes in sunglasses. Uh, I mean, just overall, because they have a lot of very unique styles for those characters. But... Well, and as we all know, power level in Final Fantasy is based on the number of belt buckles you have. <laughs> well, how many belt buckles did fucking, was it Titus have? Titus fucking sucks with that horrible laugh. <laughs> ha 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 ha! It brought us great meme moments. Yeah, I. There are parts. <laughs> there, there are parts of ten that are great. I think from a gameplay standpoint, like ten is when that franchise takes a turn that I maybe don't like so much. Like the only thing I did not like about ten was the final boss, which was hot fucking garbage. I. I think the story of 10's real bad, too. Ah, uh, the concept is pretty cool, but the execution at the very end was fucking hot garbage. I think lots of 10 is worse than you remember it being. I I really did enjoy it, though. Blitzball. So. Blitzball was the shit! Blitzball what are you talking about? sucks. Blitzball was fucking awesome! Let's put math into a badly thought-out sports system. It's not math. It's, it's totally math. How is it math? You have to calculate percentages and figure out, like, 
what the drains for stuff is going to be if you're going to use moves and shit. Like, let me rephrase. Blitzball with a game genie in there, it's not a game genie, a game shark in there is fucking fine, but the process of leveling up your fucking Blitzball team is bullshit. Fucking It's a Final Fantasy game! The entire game is based off of fucking grinding and leveling. Don't Are you kidding put a, me? Don't put an extra path for me to grind in. And it was optional! Except when it wasn't. Yeah, one game. One game! Wasn't there more than one? No! One game you had to play. I had to play Blitzball to get Waka his best weapon. Yeah, optional. Eh. Optional, I'm Eh. sorry. That's like saying, well, I don't want to have to grind this out even though it's my best weapon having to do the fucking Chocobo race where you end it with negative time. That was bullshit too. Yeah, that's optional. You can fully eh. beat the game without having to get that. Eh, I did not like I, Blitzball still. I fucking leveled up one of the best fucking Blitzball team. I was like a fucking coach training players, getting these people to be better. Oh, this guy's a free roster. Fuck yeah, pick this guy up. Hey, this guy sucks. Trade him off. You know what? I loved fucking Blitzball. You're, was the you're, you're shit. just wrong. No, it was fucking fun. I want you to go back and play Blitzball again and see if you still think it's fun. I wish they had come out with some sort of multiplayer version. Okay, on that, I actually agree with you, because I'd have loved to have seen, like, a world where Blitzball was an eSport. Fuck yeah! Fucking Titus shot! Oh, the jet shot! Oh! The animations! Never got boring! Loved it! You're so passionate as as to how wrong you are, but... We're gonna move on. disagree, friend! Yeah, we're gonna move on. There's, There's no no ending this conversation with just the two of us to um, something a little less polarizing, I suppose. Uh, you know that Neo Geo Mini we talked about a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I heard about that. It's totally a thing, and it's kind of cute looking. Yeah, I saw some of the screenshots. It looks like tiny... a tiny Neo Geo cabinet. But, like, how do two players play? Uh, it's got controller ports. Wait, what? That's kind of cool. You can plug shit into it. Like, it's... In a weird twist, it has a screen built into it and a full joystick. Like, and I assume the screen and the joystick are going to be by like arcade standards, shit. But at the same time, it's kind of cool they're on there. Like, it it little looks like the top half of a Neo Geo cabinet, which I find genuinely cool. Admittedly, the Japanese version way cooler than the international version, but it comes with like forty some odd games, which is cool. But I don't know how the fuck this is gonna work with two. Big people trying no, to play so on it's got plugs screen. you can plug normal controllers into. Yeah, but this is a tiny ass. It also TV. hooks up to a TV. Oh, it does hook up. Yeah, the entire thing hooks up to a TV as well. Like it's got an HDMI port, so you can do that. Which okay, again, it's cool. Now I'm in. Now I'm in. Yeah, so it's uh, it's got a 3.5 inch LCD screen. Uh, it comes loaded with 40 games. Uh, it looks like a control. It looks like a cabinet, kind of. Uh, it's got an HDMI port in the back if you hook it up to a TV. And it's got a headphone jack and two external controller ports. Okay, I'm in this now. Yeah. I, I feel good about it. What I want to start seeing is this thing like plugged into TVs at uh, fighting game tournaments. So it's this tiny little cabinet with two with two controllers bigger than it plugged into it. It's for sheer yeah. entertainment value. Yeah, no, I'm in that. If it's got the HDMI output and all that, okay. Yeah, it's, it's sick. I, there's no official list of the games yet, but... Well, obviously you've got your Metal Slug, you've got your King of Fighters games... One would hope, oh shit, this is a better way to play King of Fighters, potentially. You're right, I didn't even think yep. of that. Yep, because it's going to have the old old school fucking King of Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Who made Virtual yes, Fighter? Yes, sir. Virtual Fighter? I don't That's think, I Sega, think that was Sega. That's Sega. Man. Okay, yeah. But at the same time, reality is there's not going to be a single game on this you can't get off an eShop for a con- current console, so... Yeah, realistically, that's the case. Hamster but... did good work, but at the same time, like this thing's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks slick. Like I, of the other kind of mini retro consoles that have come out, this is the first one I'm like, actually, no, that'd be kind of cool to have on a shelf or something. It's a tiny arcade cabinet. That's yeah. bitching. And it's like, you know what? Let's actually play it on an actual TV. HDMI input down yep. game. Yep. Yeah, I'm down with that. What's do they have anything about a price? Uh nothing on those details either. I'd say you can probably sell it for 60 bucks, and that's about it. But at the same time, it's got more tech in it than the other ones do, potentially, because of the screen and the little joystick. So, who the fuck knows? What kind of... I don't know anything about the controllers, either. Have they ever mentioned what kind of controllers No, gonna no work details, just ports. Hmm. Well, but seeing also has the PS4 controller and the Xbox One controller, and technically the Xbox 360 controller and the PS3 controller all work off USB. Got it. It might just be okay. smart. Like, okay. fucking fight sticks work off USB at this point. They do. I have a fight stick yep. USB. Me too. Uh, you want to do leaks, Nintendo, or Steam Weirdness? Uh, let's do Steam Weirdness. All right. So, uh, Steam in kind of a badass, but also, who the fuck is this for move, has gotten out there and said, using their whole uh, Steam Connect system, you may be able to use your games on your phone. Huh. So, the Steam Link app coming out uh, the week of May 21st will let Steam users play their games on Android and iOS devices, phones, tablets, and even Apple TV if they're connected via Wi-Fi or even to the same network as a PC or Mac with Steam installed. Kind of like that whole um, screen sharing thing they use so you get your um, PC stuff up on a TV easily. It's called, like, widescreen mode or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Steam full whatever screen thing, yeah. Yep. This feature will be compatible with Steam controllers and MFI controllers too, meaning the controlling games hopefully won't have a won't be a total nightmare, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's uh, Valve says uh, it will also bring out a similar video app later this summer. If you purchase movies over stream, Steam, you'll be able to watch them uh, for Wi-Fi or LTE. Sound yeah, uh, looks interesting. But if you could do it without being on the same network, then I'd be like fucking holy shit. Yeah, but at the same time, this is still kind of cool. Like, I have some Steam games. I wish I could play on an iPad. That would be kind of nice. Like, think about having think about all the RTS games I have that like I could just like suddenly start swiping at potentially. This is true. There are some good games that would be a lot better if you had a touch screen or a swipe option yeah. and things like that. I could see that, but ah, uh, I don't know. Like, I, this I feel like this is going to be that weird angle to push for people to get that Razer phone. Yeah, I, it gets that really good. Like game I said, experience. I don't know who this is for. And again, like it's not like I can go to work, whip out my phone, and play a game I have at home. I have to be on at I have to be on the same network as the thing I'm tapping into. So it's not exactly what you'd want, but it's getting there. Hmm. It, it's really only acting as a screen for your computer. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's. It, it does make that whole Razer phone thing make a little more sense. Like, I suspect it works fine on my Samsung phone. I, I, like, this feels like a weird move unless Valve knows something about phone tech the rest of us don't, which could also totally be possible. Like, for all we know, Valve's going to lost the Steam phone next year. That would be interesting. Have there been any signs about that? No, I just made that totally up on the spot. Oh, I would have believed you if you told me it was yes. But the same, <laughs> but, like, the, the controller thing also is the same deal. It's like, hey, we have a controller now. You do? Yeah. 
moving on from that, some crazy ass retail leaks just happened. Oh, uh, it, tell? Uh, it's um. So these are not confirmed. They kind of fall in the same category of rumor, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it is what it is. Unfortunately, uh, uh, there's a long-standing tradition of our dear friends at uh various retail outlets actually listing games that maybe aren't announced yet or don't have release dates yet or whatever you want to call them. And our dear friends at Canadian Walmart recently put up some game listings for some games that I don't think anything on this list surprises anyone, but the fact that maybe it will be out this year and or that these are like what they're actually being called is kind of a big deal. So right up. So we have a picture. We'll talk about it now, though. So you got Super Smash Bros. Switch coming in at $79.96, so Canadian dollars, so probably kind of whatever the typical pricing is, your area. Uh, Borderlands 3, another Assassin's Creed game, some new Destiny content, Lego DC Villains, Dreams, that PS4 kind of trippy game, Insurgency Sandstorm, never even fucking heard of that one, uh, and probably the biggest out-of-left-field one possible, Rage 2. Didn't Rage 1 not do so well? Rage 1 was a really kind of coolly ambitious, really smoothly playing game with a completely terrible story and one of the worst endings in video games ever. It was kind of a tech demo of id showing off mega textures and shit. Like, the game looked stylish. Mm-hmm. Like, that game had some cool-ass shit going on, but yeah, it, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, some of these I get. I, didn't, I haven't heard anything about Gears of War, so that's interesting. I didn't say Maybe Gears I of War. Maybe I have my eye on it. No, I'm saying on the list of the ones they talked about, there's some surprises. They mentioned Gears of War. Oh, yeah. Just Cause 4 got an announcement, potentially. Yeah, a new Assassin's Creed. That's a shock. Yep. Yeah, big, big surprise there. Yeah. Big surprise. And, of course, uh, Walmart Canada was quoted saying sorry for the unannounced. Sorry. Yeah, new Dragon's Cast. I, nothing surprising, really. I... Tom Clancy Division, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division Two. Yeah, yeah. Is that is, is early? Is it's listed. Like I, they're listing it now, so who the fuck knows? But I think this is, I think this is more an indication of stuff you may see at E3. I'm not sure all this is coming, but it's uh-huh. never totally clear with these leaks. So, yeah. Like to be well, fair, none of these postings have even a vague screen. Like have, they have no cover art associated with them, so they might be a long ways off. So who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, even in the screenshots, they had, what, fucking Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers listed? Although, they did say that's coming out this year. Yeah. At least in, when they... Huh. We shall see. That we shall. The ramp-up for E3 is real. Yep. The realist, if you will. I, I'm not gonna lie, of that list, like, fucking Borderlands 3, I'm like, oh, that, that could be interesting. I could go for more Borderlands. Borderlands is a lot of fun, though. Yeah. Indeed. We're gonna kind of use that transition point. Let's we'll get let's do some Nintendo news right now. Um, Yay, Nintendo! Nintendo is once again being sued by Game Vice. I think we talked about them previously as suing them. They they withdrew that suit and are now refiling. Um, and I don't know a ton about the law, but now that I see pictures of what they're suing over, it's actually a pretty fucking compelling lawsuit. So um. Game Vice makes itself controllers that clip on to the sides of tablets. And they sure as fuck look like Joy-Cons. Like, it it basically lets you turn an iPad into something that really resembles a Switch. Mm-hmm. 
they don't have full switch. They don't have full switch functionality. They like beyond the fact they offer the same function as a Joy-Con. It's kind of air. Eh. But the argument is that the patent argues for they have a patent on controllers that clip onto the side of a tablet, and that's what the Switch is technically. Yeah. Mm. But here's the thing, though. Like, if you unplug them, can you still use them on that tablet? I assume so because, like, at least the picture shows these things just kind of on the sides, meaning like it's not. There's no way these controllers are hard tapping into the, the tablet. That's true. Okay. It's got to be Bluetooth or something similar. Like, if, yeah. Bluetooth seems more likely. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. That's that's interesting. Oh, I'm sure I, this won't I, impact the Switch at all. But, like, now that I'm seeing pictures of this and that, it's like it's coming back and it's like it's it's, it's being followed the U.S. trade investigation and stuff like that. So, it's it's weird. I don't think this will go anywhere. I suspect Gaming Vice will get or Game Boss will get a bunch of money to go the fuck away. But I, it's really weird that you look at this and you're like, that's a fucking knockoff Switch. Oh, this came out a year before the Switch? Huh. Like, I went and tracked these down on Amazon. You can fucking buy these. They look like pieces of shit. But, like, it's, yeah, they look like Joy-Cons. Yeah, this is going to be sticky. Indeed. Because it does, I mean, God, it's hard to argue that. Yeah, and like if and if the argument truly is we have a patent on controllers that like slide on and act as a control like a handheld for a tablet, fucking yeah, that's what those things are. But I mean, is it is that close enough or that it could technically count for that? Or is Nintendo Switches different enough that it doesn't Well, well here's like, the is thing. that is that patent generic enough? Yeah, I think it is, because that's what the Switch does. Mm-hmm. Like the the reality is patent stuff, like when this type of stuff happens. It's not, you don't patent specific technology, you patent kind of a concept that your patent, de- that your product deals with, if that makes any sense, typically. Like, you obviously patent the exact technology, but you always word it in a way that you kind of have a broad-reaching scope. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, um, and like, and patents aren't just technology, you have, like, music patents and shit like that. Like, there's an episode of Silicon Valley where... They have a they have a fantastic kind of explanation of how patent trolling works, where someone went out and bought a fucking old ass mariachi song. As it turns out, the like uh, main beat of that song is used over. It's it's a generic enough beat that like a bunch of people in modern music use it over and over all the fucking time, not knowing it's technically a real song that exists. And the person who holds that song writes sues these people, gets paid $10,000 to go away or whatever, and yeah, but uh, patents are vague intentionally. It's it's to give you some kind of back-the-fuck-off bubble around your idea. That makes sense. Yeah, and we're obviously not talking about the exact legalese or wording of the patent, but like, if the patent is on controllers that, sli- that, that clip on or slide into docks on the side of a tablet, that's kind of what the Switch is. But I digress. We got more Switch news. Um... Cloud saving is finally fucking coming to the Switch. Uh, about fucking time. Didn't we talk about this kind of last week? I think we mentioned it briefly, but I don't think we went into too much detail about it. I can't have to delete this one off our list, or but yes, uh, so we're not cloud saving. You can finally back it up. That's that's the more important part, I guess. That's the new news. Yeah, you will. Which, which makes sense. Yeah, you can actually have cloud storage for your games. Yeah. The Nintendo Paid Service comes out in September. Uh, it's you now have to pay for online, et cetera, et cetera. 
you can back up to it, which is great. You get 20 or 40, it's 20 Nintendo games for free. You can kind of download Netflix style off of it into your system to play with. It's so it says on here it's a smartphone app game for the for the NES games. I can't tell. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's reality is it's dirt cheap. It's four bucks a month, eight for three months, or twenty dollars for a full year. Or so, and there's a concept of family accounts that will cost you thirty five bucks a year. So that's neat, I guess. But uh, yeah, I I am curious how this is going to impact things because this will definitely start addressing like online play and stuff like that, which means. Platoon Arms and Mario Kart 8, which are currently enjoying free multiplayer, won't anymore. Really? Yeah. Huh. So this is their Xbox Live. So yeah, this is their PSN Xbox Live. And I, I I don't know a ton about those three games communities, but I think saying, hey, you, uh, it's really hard after what's we're almost two years of Switch now, aren't we? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it, it, I think it's really hard at this point to say, oh, hey... Splatoon costs money now. You... It's, it's going to be a rough argument, especially considering, like, even then, their online service stuff that they're offering isn't even that much. Yeah, and, like, the fact you can't do voice chat through the console is bad. You gotta do it through the phone, yep. which is stupid. Yep. So, and I guess kind of adding to the kind of interesting choices, um, someone from Nintendo also finally got out there and officially said there is no virtual console coming to the Switch. Now, before you get your pitchforks, Remember, the phrase virtual console was kind of a weird thing that got tacked on to the two previous iterations of Nintendo technology. Mm -hmm. it, it basically it, it implied, hey, we're bringing lots of old games to current hardware. This doesn't mean they're not going to do that. It just means that probably if you already own that game, it's not coming forward ever. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for it again if you care about it. <sighs> I don't know. This is... Mm. I don't know how Nintendo's going to get away with this one. I, I think they're not going to get away with it fine. I think it's... You and I are not Switch owners. I own a Switch, and I'm not really a Switch owner. Like, I I blow the dust off that thing every couple months, play something. Like, it's the... That thing has become a Wii U to me where I'm like, I'm waiting for Bayonetta 3. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, you should play more Splatoon. I don't like Splatoon. I didn't like Splatoon that much on the Wii U. Like... I only played all of Splatoon on the Wii U because I was unemployed at the time it came out, I think. Or, like, I had, like, a lot of time I was trying to find shit to fill with that time. So, there you go. And it's not that Splatoon's a bad game, but, like, it's like, oh, Breath of the Wild, also available on Wii U, and also, I don't like that game. Like, I, I beat Super Mario Odyssey in a weekend. It was a good game, but I don't think I've bought a game since. Hmm. That's not fair. I bought Bayo 2 for it, and Bayo is just fucking fantastic. But, again, like, it's... I, I think the people that are into the Switch are fucking into the Switch, but I think also people like me that they, I, I'm curious to I'm very curious to know what the community of the Switch is like because like they just got they it just got announced it's a Monster Hunter game coming to Switch. It's not Monster Hunter World. It's the like collection version of Generations, which is cool. But I'm kind of curious which way the Monster Hunter generate uh, Monster Hunter crowd will go because World is a superior game. It's just not mobile. Like and but at the same time, I'm like, hey, I can get Monster Hunter on the go now. That could be kind of cool, I guess. Oh wait, they made some real big quality of life changes. Like bows don't suck now. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I think a virtual console would have been a smart move. I think the idea of being able to bring purchases you bought in the past forward 
would have gotten them a lot of goodwill. But from a monetary standpoint, if people will fucking buy that shit a second time, yeah. Or even if you made the virtual console like a, a subscription, maybe? I don't know how you feel about that. I don't have any objection to it. I Like having a, a, a sub and then you just release games, you know, as time goes on. So you keep people still hooked, so to speak. But yeah, I... That's what they're kind of doing. I'm curious to see what type of games come to that, like, hey, you get 20 free games system. Like, and that may be the answer. They're trying to really incentivize you to do that shit. So, because I, I mean, realistically, like, let's look like this. You have the, Nin- the Nintendo Classic, right? Came out for what? How many? Mu- how much? Uh, like I think it was bucks? 60 bucks. 60 bucks. Okay. So let's say $60. It was 40. 40 sounds 40. right. So, yeah. So, like so let's just say $40. I buy it. Okay. Cool. I've got it. I play it. That's it. They're no longer you getting any more money from me. $40 was the cap. It's done. Sure. Now, if you do a subscription plan where you release stuff as time goes on for multiple consoles that are supported and you can play them, you're potentially getting somebody who's paying, let's say it's a subscription. What, what do you think would be a reasonable price for something like the virtual console? Let's say if it was a subscription-based thing. Um, $14, $15? I think so. This is where it gets complicated, because they already have a subscription service, which means I think it has to be part of that, and I think, and this is the issue, you've already introduced a price for that. I think if that thing came out at, like, 20 bucks a month, maybe you could have gotten away with it then, but the reality is my PSN account costs $60 a year, and that's what you can charge, I think. Yeah. I, th- okay. I think it's one of those ones where it's like, I already technically get free games from my PSN. I don't fucking play them most of the time, but I make sure I download them every month so they're in my library and I get free mm. access to them in the past. I, Based on Nintendo's kind of policies and actions in the past, I don't think they're going to kind of word this or set this one up correctly. And like, they, like last week they announced, hey, we're going to get big into mobile. I think whoever's running that shift realizes, hey... People will fucking buy Ocarina of Time again. Why would we let you carry over the copy of Ocarina of Time you already own when we know like not everyone will rebuy it, but enough of you will rebuy it that it will be financially feasible for us to do that? But see, you wouldn't be buying it. If you're doing a subscription for Virtual Console, you would be technically renting access to the game. Right, but I'm saying if you could charge just straight 20 bucks for Ocarina of Time again, why would you bother offering it for free? Mm, true. I, I, I'm hard on Nintendo fanboys a lot because I think they're part of the problem occasionally. But I really genuinely believe, and like I've been part of it occasionally. I've bought games for a third or fourth time where it's like, oh, it's on this console now. Neat. I, like my hunt for Shin Megami Tensei three. Like I bought that for the PS three or four a couple like many podcasts ago. Like it was on the podcast I bought it, which is fucking nuts because it's like, oh, check this like got a ps2 technically but i i I think whoever kind of understands these things it's why the ps4 doesn't have backwards compatibility whoever makes these decisions goes you know these fuckers will buy the game again right yeah and the amount of money it costs to port that shit to a new console is way less than developing it from scratch so you can just keep reselling it i don't know i definitely think there will be possibility to make more money who had a virtual console like if you made it where you got the basic plan, or if you paid for a premium plan and it included the basic services of the Switch subscription, you can definitely get a lot of money out of people. I I don't know. Like I, it's 
here's the reality. You're not really getting that much with the base Switch subscription. And, and I, I'm a strong believer in the idea that's very hard to take something back from people once it's free. I, I will really be curious to see what happens to the Splatoon, uh, Splatoon online community when you have to pay five bucks a month or 30 bucks a year or whatever to play that game multiplayer. Like what happens to the Super Mario 8 community when you actually have to pay for that multiplayer? Because there's not a ton to do multiplayer-wise on a Switch. Like in the super shitty category, back on Xbox 360 Gold Days, that's how you got access to Netflix and shit, but then you also got multiplayer, so it's like, oh, it's online services. There's a broader scope here. Like, it was shitty when PSN started including um, multiplayer, but again, like, you got shit with PSN. Like, you get free games already. You get the backups. There's none of these online services are really worth it at the end of the day because, hey, you can't stream Netflix anymore. It would fucking doom your console, but the Switch can't even do Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, if they never supported Netflix, that'd be kind of nice. The Wii and the Wii U did, I think, at one point or another. I know at least the Wii did. The Wii U does. I know, yeah. because I ran it once. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're doing with the Switch, to be honest with you. I'm a little confused. <laughs> There's just a lot of weird... Nintendo's taking a lot of weird paths right now. With like, They're still trying to keep the Switch going. They talk about making the Switch feasible over a long period of time. And then they're also like, we're also going to bust really big on the mobile platform. At that point, you have your console competing against people's phones. I don't think it's a competition at that point. I think it's... I, I, maybe this is me kind of talking about my bias at this point. I don't think mobile games and non-mobile games compete with each other at the end of the day. I think it's... You have people that will game on a phone and are never going to buy a PS4 or a Switch or an Xbox One or even a PC that games at that point. But it's on their phone, so it's cool. Like, I, what do you think the reaction to Super Mario Run would have been if it came out on a console? It's it's not a console. Fuck this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But that's a game that's acceptable in mobile land. Okay. Like hell, this uh, this Legends game I'm playing. If that was on a console or PC, we'd all be like, oh, it's a shitty rip off of Destiny clone thing. But because it's on my phone, I'm far more forgiving of its bullshit. Like, it's not great, but it's good for a phone game. Yeah, I, I think it's, like, Hearthstone is the one weirdo in this conversation because it plays on everything, and I think it's best on a phone because of tactileness, but, like, you don't gain anything from that thing not being on that platform, and it's not like it competes with itself. You're playing Hearthstone on one account across all your devices. Mm-hmm. Same with Gwent and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think mobile competes with traditional air quotations video games the way you think it does. I, I think they really are two separate camps where, like, my girlfriend will play mobile video games, doesn't really play non-mobile video games. Like, it's they're so different in who they're appealing to and who they're going after. Like, Angry Birds was a giant-ass mobile game that if it came out on the consoles, didn't when, when it did actually, it was on the Xbox, I think, was only kind of eh, and... It's like, why would I play this on a? Why would I play this on Xbox? Why? What is wrong with me? I could just play Halo. Okay. Yeah, I I think when Nintendo says we're getting to mobile, it's more like, hey, there's this entire group we haven't tapped yet. Does that make more mm. sense? I, I I guess I I just don't I don't know I just feel like they might be splitting their resources up at this point. And if they resources maybe consumers no. I guess my thing is like when you split certain resources, you're gonna lose 
There's going to be a drop in quality somewhere. I, I, I don't... I don't think the people that will handle Nintendo Mobile will be the same people that you'd assign to, like, the next Zelda game or some shit like that, so... Uh, maybe I'm kind of just guessing at that point, but it they, they they are genuinely different developers at that point, I think. Like, there is some in-between, but, like, a studio that develops a good console game won't necessarily nail a good mobile game. Like, they're very different things to develop for. And, like, it, and maybe you, if you're good at one, you can do the other, but I don't think that's true. <gasps> yeah. I don't know. Uh, Moving on from that. The Fortnite Avengers mode, it's cool or whatever. It have you had a chance, have you seen anything on it? I have seen it, it looks dumb. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it's the most timely movie tie-in a video game has ever had. It's it's neat. It looks like a fun mode to mess with Fortnite with some, but as someone who doesn't think Fortnite's fun, it's like, okay, cool. Ah, well, for those of people who enjoy Fortnite, it is a fun mode. It's already been out for a few days now, but I guess it all stemmed from the fact that the directors of uh, the Avengers were big fans of Fortnite, yep. and they happened to collab and do some stuff. But I'm just kind of surprised, considering Disney gave them so much okay with it. They really Thanos didn't. Looks, what is Thanos the mode entail? Um, so you drop into basically same battle royale mode, but then at some point, a the gauntlet will come out from the sky like a meteor and land in a random location, and then whoever picks up the glove becomes Thanos. But like actual Thanos, like. The skin, the textures, yeah. the whole thing. And then you proceed to have certain powers and just fuck shit up on the map. And if you die holding the gauntlet, you drop it, and then someone else picks up the gauntlet and then becomes Thanos. And eventually the circle gets smaller and smaller, and you have this one dude who's stupid, overpowered, but he's still beatable, Yeah, uh, flying around the map. So it's basically juggernaut mode. It pretty much is a juggernaut mode, yeah. but an Avengers theme. Yeah. But it's kind like of like I said, it's the most timely video game tie into a video game ever. It is, but I think it's just kind of fun and interesting, considering, like I said, that Disney kind of gave the okay on it. I so maybe maybe it's kind of your Marvel bias speaking a little, the Marvel vs. Capcom bias speaking. Like I don't think they really put that much. Like this was not a risky move. Like it's the okay, what's Thanos gonna do? Smash shit. Oh, what Thanos already does. Fine. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, there. I'm sure they're a little bit protective of their properties right now, considering I, what happened with maybe Infinite. So, and I think, I think what happened to Infinite's because Marvel or because Disney kind of mucked with the Marvel end of things. So they had a lot of rules about it. I think it's one of those ones where it's like, hey, hey, how's Fortnite doing? Oh, it's the number one game in like a bunch of places all over the world. That seems like a safe bet. What do they want to do? They want to make it juggernaut mode. What's that mean? You play as Thanos and you're really strong and you smash stuff. Oh, that requires no thought on our part. We have no objection to that because that's what Thanos does in the movie. Cool. Mm. I, 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 I understand how you think it's a risk. It's the most unrisky, risky move possible. It's like, okay, it's like if they put it in PUBG, maybe. But isn't Fortnite rated teen? Um... I think it is, and then yeah, I I, it's appealing to the exact same audience Avengers uh, appeals to at that point. It's the it is one of, if not the biggest games in the world right now. It's available on fucking every platform. Like, I don't think they paid a lot of money, if any money, for this to happen. But like, this isn't risky at all, dude. Okay, this is kind. Mm. This is a smart ass move that happened way faster than normal. I still think it's. <laughs> 
It's fine. It, it, it's a cool idea, but the idea that, like, oh, this is a big, risky maneuver, fucking no, it's not. I don't know. I figured they'd be a little more protective of it, just in general. I, I, I think you're confusing protective with risk, and, like, this is not... A, they were protective. They put it in something that matches the IP almost exactly. It's like, of the two Battle Royale games, it's the cartoony one, even. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you turn into Captain America or Thor, you're, you turn into Thanos, the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. It, was... Like, and reality is, like, a bunch of the skins in this game are already kind of like, there's a fucking John Wick skin. Like, I, this game's probably already got a pretty good license. Like, there's a fucking character that looks like, yeah, that looks like, um, fucking, what's it, Genji from, um, Overwatch. Like, I don't know how that one's, like, possible, because that's definitely, like, Okay, it's obviously Genji. No, I don't... Mm, no. It looks like a modded out Xbox. It's Genji. But then if that's the case, you could say Genji's a ripoff of fucking Grey, Grey Fox. Uh, different faces. No. Yes. Same. Robotic ninja. Grey Fox has the one dot in the face thing. Genji has the kind of visor style thing. Robotic ninjas. Less underglow on Grey Fox, too. Robotic ninjas. I... That skin looks an awful lot like Genji. It's all I'm going to say on this one. Gray Fox and Genji do not look as much alike as you're insisting they do. <laughs> I guess we'll have to agree or disagree uh, on that one. A lot of that happening in this episode. <laughs> a lot of that happening. I'm sure the streamers are happy, because fucking Avengers shit, yo. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, it's a fun little game mode. And for anybody who's working on their... If they have the uh, the season pass... All the season pass objectives are able to be done inside this mode. That's cool. Yeah. Beyond this, I've been very impressed with uh, Epic's willingness to kind of try weird ass shit in that game. It's like, okay, we're doing this. That's fifty on fifty. Well, that sounds nuts. Cool. The the fifty on fifty mode was a lot of fun. Yeah, it 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 seems like it pays off for them because it adds variety. It's like, hey, we just blew up the map. Why? Because we did. Cool. Yeah. And, like, I think uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, PUBG tried the 50 on 50, but the servers couldn't handle the yeah, lag. Yeah, I... out. <laughs> I... I think Fortnite is a bizarre example of... Not, not bizarre, it's... Epic Games is good at making high-functioning games that do what they set out to do. I, PUBG is a cool-ass game. It has always felt like that game is held together by duct tape, spit, and prayer. <laughs> like reality is if like I'm trying to phrase this one like it's what occasionally passes as like realism and like it's like oh we, we you can't build stuff in PUBG because it's realistic you can't build stuff in PUBG because the team behind that doesn't know how to implement that in that game like I uh fucking what's some player unknown like even admits he's he's not a great coder it looks the way it does because the coding engine he uses is a simpler is an engine he could understand. Like versus Epic, where it's like we're fucking good at this shit. Mm-hmm. We already know multiplayer. We already have this crazy multiplayer game. We both of this battle royale mode doing it. Fucking took off. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a jerk saying that too. It's I feel like a jerk a lot in this podcast episode. But it's like no. It's <laughs> like, like yeah. Yeah. Of course it worked in Fortnite. Didn't work in PUBG. Why? PUBG feels like it's always about to break. And it does with a fair amount of frequency. Sometimes. I haven't ever experienced any of those shitty breaks. Yeah, but there's enough videos out there of, like, bullshit happening where it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. I have seen some dumb shit happen with the physics, yes. Yeah. But, uh, 
I mean, overall. Yeah. I've had a good experience. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's from a technological standpoint. It's like, of course Epic's game is better. It's Epic. They make good functioning games. They made the graphics engine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Fortnite's definitely doing it right. Yeah, they're, they're killing it, like we've said a couple weeks in a row now. But moving on from killing it to not so killing it. Um, and kind of as our jumping off point for our main topic in a weird way this week. It's a little indirect, but we'll get there. Um, were you around for the CSGO betting debacle we covered on this podcast, Alex? Oh, yes. I had a great time talking about that. Yes. So, uh, one of the people kind of, uh, two years ago, one of the people very involved in that got fucking booted off of Twitch because, you know, you're fucking running this sketch-ass gambling site. Mm-hmm. He's uh, James Phantom Lord Vargas. Oh, so he's another asshole who apparently owned part of the fucking site. Uh, that's a, yes, that's been the story on that side of things, where I... He was part of that whole thing where it's like, it's not totally clear if they're spoofing this. Like, it's the, wait, you own this site, huh? And you win an awful lot, huh? And you're pushing this service real hard in your YouTube and Twitch with videos that show, like, lots of payouts and shit like that. Okay, what the fuck's going on? But that that's that's not the story here. The story here is he's proceeding to sue Twitch, claiming for loss of revenue because he got booted. And... Mm-hmm. Twitch's response to that was, we're going to counter-sue you and cite the 15 times you violated Twitch's policies. Mm. Yeah, I, he did not have a small streaming channel. He had 1.3 million followers. Like, he he was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he and I, I think this is kind of interesting. It's, this is only news because this is Twitch pulling a very not kind of Twitch, let's be cool and hang out move. Like, this is... In some ways, the biggest kind of, what's the right word for it, corporate-ass move Twitch has pulled in a long time. Where it's like, no, let's actually fucking bring lawyers to bear on this one. And like, here's the reality. Varga is not going to win. Why? Twitch has Amazon lawyers. That's true. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't think about that. There is not a chance in hell Varga wins this one. Like, <laughs> the most he could hope for was some go-the-fuck-away kind of settle out of court money, even if Twitch didn't have these examples of the times he broke the rules to wheel out, there was not a chance in hell he was going to pull this off. So if you're thinking about suing YouTube or Twitch or any of those things for loss of revenue over whatever reason, even if you have them dead to rights, you do not have the financial ability to go toe-to-toe with a company that's part of Amazon. Yeah. Especially if you're already involved in some other lawsuits that are complicated, like the fucking Steam betting, like the skin betting thing. He also took him two years to sue them, so it's, yeah. What you're saying is it's not going to go well for the guy. Well, especially when your argument is, I was never given a legitimate reason for my ban. Like, it's the, when that's your argument, it's like saying, oh, I don't know why I got arrested for all these drugs in my car. (laughs) <laughs> Don't tempt them to wheel out instances of why they banned you and just chose to look the other way. And so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Just because you get away with something on these platforms does not mean they don't know you didn't do this. Like, and, and in addition to that, 
they also have things where they say, hey, we talked to him on Skype about this on numerous occasions. Like, no, we've been in touch with him before he got banned and shit. Like, it's the, if you're gonna lie, make sure you can cover that lie. Or if you're not going, if, if indeed you are telling the truth, make sure the lie they make up or the counter argument they make up against it doesn't sound significantly more plausible than what you're saying. It's all shitty for me to say because it's taking the side of Twitch, but like, this is the most moronic lawsuit in recent gaming memory. Like, it's the, you're going to lose, and you're going to lose money. Fuck, you already have villain status for getting miners to gamble. Yeah, mm, this, <laughs> I, I want to see how much smash into this ground this guy gets into, ultimately, because it's going to be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, but so... Speaking of streamers and YouTubers and all those people that make video content, including us, I suppose, you want to introduce this week's topic, Alex? Sure. So, uh, this is something that kind of came up recently, and I heard about it on uh, another uh, news thing, and I figured it'd be interesting to listen to or talk about. But So, everyone, of course, knows Ninja. He's that big uh, streamer, if you haven't heard of him. Um... He plays he's, that Fortnite, right? He plays that Fortnite, yes. Um, he's been doing a lot of like he's he's been doing a lot of things. Like he's he's definitely probably one of the biggest streamers now currently. And he started really leaking into the mainstream. He obviously did the thing with Drake. Um he held his own tournament back it was it over in uh, in Vegas not too long ago. Yeah. Um but he does also have his Bad things which have happened, which is of course his controversy where he wrapped a in Eagle the Star. grand spectrum of controversial things. Like it's relatively low on the list of things a big streamer could do, but we still talked about it a couple episodes back. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he did an interview recently on H3H3 uh, on their podcast where he talked about how um, he's going to start making his streams a lot more G-rated. Um, I guess his his decision, I guess, is kind of like uh, more. He wants to make his stuff more friendly to appeal to a bigger audience, um, which on a business end makes a lot of sense. I guess uh, his decision, he was saying, and he's, this is a quote, I guess, uh, came from getting an email from a parent who told him they wish they could watch without having to mute the stream. Uh, so cursing is obviously the big thing that the parents are concerned about. So he also feels like the kids shouldn't be walking around cursing, and he definitely doesn't want to be the source of that, even though, to be honest, a lot of cursing gets learned from the schoolyard. Let's be honest, folks. Um, so yeah, I guess as a business decision, he's decided to, uh, kind of still do something where he's going to be focusing more on doing kind of team rated R streams, and he's actually going to put the rating in his streams and his YouTube videos. So he'll say like rated PG or rated PG or rated R. So he's still going to have obviously his rated R streams and all that jazz, but he's going to have like, this is a PG stream. This is a rated R stream. Things like that. So, um... Which, to be fair, like, you can already qualify your content as, like, for kids, not for kids. All of SWS's videos are qualified as not for kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It, like, but, like, the, the thing is, though, you have the for kids, not for kids. Like, that's just, that's it yeah. when it comes to the video stuff. He's kind of going with a spectrum of, like, hey, this is the PG only. This is the PG-13. This is rated R. Yeah. Like, He's very much singling out the the ratings for his videos. So, in a way, it makes it, I mean, it makes it friendly for a lot of people out there just to be able to find certain things, things like that. Um, so, uh, it's 
I mean, it is. It, it's. I think personally, it's a great idea. It's fucking smart. Um, from a business end, but of course, you have your people who are not happy with it. Um, uh, you know, you have people quoted saying you're trying to be mainstream. Stop it. They're calling them a sellout. Uh, you know, hey, just be you. You know, you don't have to change yourself for your audience and things like that. It's a fucking money move. This and that. Like, ah. Uh, I figured, I guess, the discussion this week could be, like, where, where, what is the line, if any, where you are ended changing who you are for your YouTube videos and streams? And is that a line you're comfortable even crossing? Is it a consideration? Especially considering we are, you know, a YouTube channel as well. Like, does that include the podcast? Like, uh, it's so... So that's I'm, kind of the discussion I wanted to have today. Yeah, so I... Stuff. All of our stuff on uh, iTunes is labeled explicit because we fucking swear a lot. Like, that's the lamest joke ever I just made. But I got him. The, the point of the podcast has always been aimed at, like, this is who we are at the end of the day. And the reality is, I if we had, we're a small ass YouTube channel. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if we're, like, adult only or, sorry, explicit content tagged or not. Like, it's not taking away any of our viewership. And, I only did it because, like, at the back of my brain, my general reaction is, I'd like it's the, I did not grow up during the age of having fucking internet on your phone kind of thing, but I don't want to be the source of some kid learning the phrase "fuck" or any or any swear word for that matter. But at the same time, I don't really give a damn. I I don't. It's I, I think we live in a society where people spend a lot of time bent out of shape over. Like, what exact words you're using where it's like, no, like, the correct usage of the word fuck is one of the best YouTube videos ever, because it's like, nah, there, there, there are polite ways to use that word. Like, it's the, it is such a, it is a versatile word that in used in correct context is actually a, a compliment or an insult. Like, it's, and I also, it's, it's one of things we have lots of words now that, like, at the time they were thought up, we're like, oh, it's, it's scandalous to show that. Like, the same way that showing your ankle was once scandalous. <laughs> I, really anything that breaks down whatever puritanical things that are left in the world like i i i, I i'm all for people as they are come come as you will kind of thing like it's the if you want to be uptight and not swear that's fine for you but yeah. I, i'm not going to cater to you like it's the i won't swear during a job interview because that's the social norm but at the same time I, I work in a very weird field where swearing is exceedingly common. So, like, I had a coworker at one point whose nickname was just straight fuckwit. Huh. And it was a term of endearment because the kid was a little not all there all the time. And it was because we kept yelling at him, fuckwit, move. Yeah. I, I will say, though, this is interesting because I actually did have a um, an interview with a certain company I will not name. And one of the things they talked about was, like, you know, we're really big on people taking personal responsibility. We actually have a thing we call for people called the failures and fuck ups. Yeah. And that's the official name in the company of that whole part of like, hey, you fucked up. How are you going to fix it? No, and I, I, I would go so far as to say, like, in the time I have been alive, like, the first time I said fuck in front of my parents, it was a big deal. If you scrolled over to kind of, if my parents were raising me in the 2008 thing, the first time I said fuck, like, oh, he's learned a word, whatever. Don't say the N word. That's the one word we won't let you say. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely fair. Yeah. That's the, don't say racist shit. Cool. You can swear all the fuck you want, though. Neat. <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those ones where it's also like when you vilify stuff. Like if 
it becomes edgy and cool. And like during the whole ninja wrapped along to something debacle, the fucking YouTube Twitch streaming stuff on Reddit was all, when is it okay to say the N word? It's like, Never, unless you're black! And maybe then, don't say it during a stream either, but who the fuck cares at that point? It's like, well, uh, can I rap along to a lyric? No! Just don't say it, maybe! <laughs> How badly do you need to say this in your stream? Really, dude? And, like, so the reality is, Fortnite is really popular with people. It's really popular with teenagers, and younger than teenagers. Why? Because it's not an M-rated game. Like, it's, it's being played in high schools and all that shit. Like, it, the reality is, like, it's what, 16 to get into an R-rated movie? Uh, rated R is 18. No, it's not. Are you sure? I guarantee it's like 17 or 16. Um, uh, 17. 17, yeah. I, I know it's not 18. Wait, no, no. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rated R. Under 17 requires accompanying parent or adult Yes, guard. but you can get in at 17 by yourself. Okay. Yeah, I yes, because that's when you can buy emerated video games. I think I don't fucking remember. I, but yeah, like it's, uh, where was I going with this? Like the, the the reality as popular as Fortnite is, it's really fucking popular with kids. And I'm throwing kind of high schoolers in with the kids crowd for this one because, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to video games, you have everyone who can buy emerated games and everyone who can't, and. Yes, you can trick your grandmother who doesn't speak English into buying M-rated games for you, but you're not part of the crowd that can buy M-rated games. You're just a sleazy piece of shit. I respect that, but you don't get my respect for owning an M-rated game at that point. You're not old enough to walk into a GameStop and go, One Grand Theft Auto, good sir. <laughs> Unless you're the two kids in the uh, in the trench coat? Three, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's three. <laughs> what was that character's name again? I'm not revisiting that joke because I can't remember right now for now. <laughs> Vincent something, I don't know. So Vincent Person? No, it was it was a real last name. It wasn't that, but we're getting off track. I so <laughs> fucking call Ninja a sellout all you goddamn want at the end of the day. He is. He absolutely is. But he's selling out for the right reasons. He under like so if it depends on how aware of these things you are or aren't. YouTube is going through an absolutely bizarre process right now. Oh, yeah, because I, I, you've heard some of the yeah. stuff with like the, the marijuana-based channels that are getting shut down uh, now? The, uh, they're, going, they're hacking and slashing through that thing's monetization hard. And on mm -hmm. one hand, as someone who's already excluded from monetization, I can sit here and laugh and go, ha-ha, you fuckers that ruined it for the rest of us, ha-ha! And at the same time, like, if you're... If, if you were making money off YouTube and suddenly you're out of the job, I do feel for you. Like it's, I have long wondered what the reality was once the YouTube bubble burst and YouTube said, all of you fucking content creators that we can't predict because you keep saying racist ass shit or like violating our terms of use or making uncomfortable for our ad campaigns to go in front of it. You're all no longer capable of making money. I always wanted to know what the world was going to be like after that point. And I get to see it now kind of because it's happening left and right. <laughs> And not mm -hmm. everyone will survive. Mm -hmm. They're not going to die, but the content will go away. The channels will end kind of thing. Like, it's... Yeah. There's now a real push to fucking clean your act up so we can put ads in front of you and get reliably cleaned the fuck up. And it makes... A, this is a business decision. Ninja... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Ninja is... It's, it's, this isn't like... The whole be true to yourself thing is like... 
Ninja is making money off streaming and YouTube now. He wants mm-hmm. to keep doing that. And for all you fucking edgelords out there who want your Twitch streamers and your YouTubers and all that stuff, like, fucking cussing up a storm and being all like, fuck this shit, man, this is bullshit. The same sentiment can get put across without the profanity. And like, for every one of you that exists, potentially 10, 100, maybe a 1,000 other viewers do exist that will kind of take your... It's like, Fuck this man, he's not being true to himself. I want like I want the fucking edge. I want raw, uncut, like pure emotion. Fine, we get it. You're the vocal ones. But the vocal ones are never the majority. Like it's the if suddenly you can have Ninja broadcast to a larger audience and it covers the loss of audience he's experiencing, okay. He's gonna make that move. Everyone to a certain extent should make that move. Here's the thing though, he's not cutting it out completely. Like, he's going to focus on doing some, like, you know, PG streams, but he's still going to do rated R streams. Like, he's not cutting it out completely. Yeah, it, and that's what people care about. They care about the fact that, he, that he's now pandering, and it's, it is pandering. He is appealing to a different audience than God to where he is. Like, it's, if you want to be mad at YouTubers that pander, fucking be mad at them. Then you have to be mad at fucking everyone who's ever done that. So that's the Pauls, it's PewDiePie, that's every fucking YouTuber that ends starts or ends a video with, remember to smash that subscribe button. Yeah. The thing is, I, I don't disagree with what he's doing. I 100% support what he's doing. Fuck that. Like, I've never got the idea of, like, someone wanting to improve their success and then people were like, oh, I get it. You're just selling out now. Like, Oh, that, no, it's... I, it's... I thought that's the dumbest thing. I actually, I, I have a story about this, because there was a band I'm, I, I really enjoy, uh, that I, that I listened to a long time ago, uh, the Mars Volta. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Nope. They're, they're kind of a really fucking out there band. But, like, they're very indie. It was, like, very, like, hipster underground nonsense that I listened to in high school, and I really enjoyed it. Like, it was really cool. Then they got one song on K-Rock, and they were doing really well. And this one guy was like, man, fuck that band. They're mainstream now. I'm not going to listen to them. And to me, that's like, well, then you were never really fun a fan of the band. You were a fan of the status you got from following some band that was underground or low key, but now they're, you should be happy for this band's success. They're getting their music played out to other. Oh, areas. Yeah, yeah, no, this is kind of, and this is maybe the first, this may be the first instance of it because the first time it's had to happen. This is just every single motherfucker who gets mad at something where it's like, Oh, I liked them back when it was $5 to see them at some shitty bar venue. And now it's $50 to see them at a real bar venue. They're not real musicians anymore. This is all the people. This is what I've always wondered about Twitch and YouTube to a certain extent, where it's like, how much of the Twitch watching community is just other people trying to be fucking Twitch watchers or Twitch streamers who are mad at other people's success? And when they start pivoting to appeal to a totally different audience, like, well, I can't do that because I don't have a big enough audience for this to fucking matter to. Let's fucking hate on their shit. It's like, this is every small rapper that writes a diss track about a big rapper hoping to get noticed and get in a beef with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I... Like, I don't even care on this topic. Like, it's one of those ones where it's like, what's going on with YouTube is so much bigger than people being mad about, like, oh... Ninja's selling out to be more family-friendly. It's like, dude has to survive. You got fucking PewDiePie out there talking about the fact that he's now making more money off merch than he is advertising. It's like, yeah, he's probably still making decent money, but at the same time, I I really want to know what happens to YouTube stars after 
YouTube ends because like the process of transitioning them to traditional media has not worked. And so many of them have built brands on kind of uncomfortable shifting sand and mm -hmm. just like fuck real meat or fuck traditional media shit for so long and didn't understand. Like it's the, you are aware you don't pay for this website. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have like other YouTubers out there like Philip DeFranco. Yeah. Uh, who's really like, they absolutely do not depend on YouTube's ad revenue anymore. Yeah. Like they 100% focus on building up their own thing. Yeah, and, and other stuff going on. Patreon and it makes, is totally it works. a thing. Yeah. Well, he has that, and he has that, but he also got other stuff going on, like merchandise, things like that. Yeah. H3H3 is another one. They've got a lot of their own sponsors, like stuff like that. Like their YouTube videos are getting sponsored by other companies, like the fucking Shave one and all that. But like, oh yeah, no, I, I'm not saying this other, there aren't other ways to do it. I'm just saying like the same money for nothing approach you're able to get away with. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole idea of making money off YouTube and purely off YouTube, like, was nuts. It lasted as long as it has. Yeah, it's been going for a long time now. Well, like, and the reality is, like, if you're going to... So, as someone who's looked into doing merch for SWS, like, I have some special connections that could get us some real sweet deals. But the reality is, if you're going to do merch yourself, you have to have storage and a way to ship it still. And I'm not saying, like, ship it in a not timely manner, because we live in the land of Amazon Prime, bitches. Yeah. If I buy a shirt from someone, I expect that shirt to ship in two or three days, minimum. Mm-hmm. Right, a maximum kind of thing. Like, it needs to be gone within a day or two of me buying it kind of thing. Yeah. When it shows up is whatever, but... And that makes sense. I mean, it's got to get shipped out, at least within that time. At least, unless it's availability issues. But you have to have the infrastructure for that. Like, the reality was back in the days where, like, webcomics were the big thing in that whole world. I, they made money off ads, sure. But most of their most of their money came off of, like, Patreon-style stuff or, like, a sale of merch. Like, they went to conventions still because they could walk away with a month's worth of ad revenue in a weekend. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. And they were stuck paying for shipping and handling. Then half the transactions were in cash, too. So it's like, it's in cash. You going to report this? Nah. <laughs> it's cash. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been seeping in, but I think the real world has finally kind of come for the digital platform. And the realities of the real world are, if you can't get advertisers in front of your YouTube video, you don't make money. And... You can, like, make money off all that. They're, they're alternative revenue streams, but they're a lot more work. Yeah. And the reality is, like, it's the PewDiePie has a shit ton of subscribers. How many of those subscribers would actually cough up 10 bucks a month for Patreon? I suspect the number is less than you'd think. Significantly less than you'd think. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a shock to a lot of people, actually, about how much. It's like, oh, I have all these followers. They'll totally cough up content. What do you mean you only liked my content for free? Oh, I don't want to pay for it. I was paying for it by watching ads. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those of you, like, if you, if you have strong enough content, though, people are willing to pay for that Patreon stuff. Like, like the thing is, Philip DeFranco does really well with his Patreon and all that stuff because, like, he, he delivers pretty solid content and multiple things. Like, he's not just, like, his weekly or his daily, like, news vlog thing that he does. Like, he actually has a bunch of other content. So it works for him. Yeah, um, I, but I would also challenge that by saying, like, his content's not quite as replaceable. How so? I, so I, 
not to incur the wrath of PewDiePie fans or whatever you want to call it. They're like, what does Philip DeFranco do for content? It's news. Yeah. There are lots of YouTube news channels out there, but there are so many gaming channels that are kind of basically the exact same goddamn thing That's... that you can pivot a little bit easier. Like this, what is what is Philip DeFranco's thing? So he does a lot of news, but he also provides an interesting perspective in terms of how he sees it. But he's honest about it. He's honest with his bias, which I think is one of the things I appreciate of his channel. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, what's PewDiePie's thing? PewDiePie does video games. That's all I know about him. It, it does. It, it's there's a bit of a personality to it, but lots of kind of sound effects that lots of people find off-putting. Like it's my point is more it's the there's a there's less of a replaceable personality in Philip DeFranco's stuff than there is PewDiePie necessarily. Like hell, like how many Twitch streamers are kind of basically the same person at the end of the day? Well, that I'm not sure. I, I, I'd go with most to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like the the video game community does not typically have the best diversity in its content creating personalities because we have video games to fall back on like how many fucking youtube channels are basically the exact same goddamn thing a lot mm, yeah not disagreeing with you on that one yep. so i guess my next question here posed is is uh is there a certain line where we as a channel or a podcast would like well we're gonna this is the point where we feel we're crossing into selling out or are we just totally okay with shifting however we need to to get stuff done? Uh, it's so I uh, reality is we make no money off this podcast or the website or the YouTube channel, so we've never had to have those conversations. And the reality is, like I, I I've talked about spinning up some kind of side content podcasts that have nothing to do with video games or SWS, and like the first thing about them though is because of the markets I'm going after with them would be no swearing or very minimal swearing and definitely no hard swearing kind of thing. Like, it's... This is kind of a know-your-audience concept, but, like, the reality is, like, you're not tuning into any of our content because you're... Look, at none of our content is aimed at kids. It's not even... It's... it's it, Like, we kind of aim our shit at edgelords at the end of the day, but even then, we make fun of edgelords enough where I, I've always pitched SWS as it's content for adults who don't want content kind of appealing to teenagers or younger tw- or younger 20 year olds like it's the this is us you like us or you don't keep watching or don't like it's all my jokes at the start of the podcast about how i'm alienating people like it's please keep listening if you enjoy our content but at the same time like the point of sws was this is what we're doing and you can like it or not we play the yeah. games we want we talk about the shit we want we play the games the way we do and we'll like take constructive criticism back and we'll definitely respond to you but you're not tuning in for the best gameplay you're not tuning in because you influenced us you're tuning in because you like us to a certain extent and you like whatever the fuck we're putting out and again like when i started youtube there was some like i i I looked at some when i started doing the youtube stuff there was some concept of like oh what do we start with all these games are popular nah i'm gonna do brutal legend why i like brutal legend Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I was I was just curious, considering, like I said, how this kind of relates to like shifting your business model and We'd all that. We'd spin and... off a side thing. I think is the answer. Like, and the reality is, I would definitely make more appearances on the side one. I think. What's that? Because <laughs> I have to cheer you more happy. I don't know. I, too. I can turn it on. I can be upbeat and not me. <laughs> we we started the podcast. And you were already tired of everyone's shit sarcastic. I... I, it, it involves <laughs> drugs, but 
known as alcohol, but... Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Turns out famous YouTuber is drunk when he starts his happy kid-friendly videos. <laughs> nah, yeah. My dog, my dog would be on my lap. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm not always as much in the kind of I am, but <laughs> I... I, yeah, I Okay, so I'm, I'm going to kind of invoke another YouTube channel for a second now. So, Ninja got big overnight. All YouTube and kind of Twitch channels do to a certain extent as well. But I had never heard of Ninja or heard rumblings about Ninja till suddenly Ninja was a big fucking deal. Ninja was big prior to this. He was a professional CSGO player. I didn't know that about Ninja. Yeah, my understanding was he was he used to be a pro CSGO player. I don't know. Is the... I, I'm talking about my ass some right now, I guess, but it's also like Ninja is really popular right now for Fortnite. Yeah. He is linked. And so, and maybe this is kind of like the revisiting our weird John Wick and Coke conversations for a little while. Um, inadvertently, Ninja has associated himself up with a brand. Mm-hmm. He is kind of uncomfortably or comfortably or however, you want, however he thinks of at the end of the day interwoven with Fortnite. He has to kind of keep playing Fortnite to keep the money coming in. Yeah. And I, so I, I pay attention to this because I find this stuff kind of fascinating, but the moment he shifts away from Fortnite, and I mean like stops playing it all together or seriously, or like it becomes kind of a background game, mm-hmm. it will affect his community. Whether his community was showing up for Fortnite or not, like there will be some loss. Like it's the, does he play other games even? I don't actually know. Okay, so let me. I actually pulled up his profile because sure. I want to get. Let me correct myself. He didn't play CS:GO. He actually began playing Halo Three professionally back in two thousand nine, and he's actually played for a couple different teams, including like Cloud Nine, Renegades, Team Liquid, and currently his team is Luminosity Gaming. Okay. So he did all that the professional Halo. Then he played. Then he became a streamer in two thousand eleven. I guess back on the old Justin TV before it became the Twitch TV or whatever yeah. that was. So he did a lot of stuff with H1Z1, then he moved on to PUBG, uh, then he did, yeah, I guess, was it, he first joined Luminosity Gaming in 2017 as a Halo player, then H1Z1, then Battlegrounds. Um, then he began streaming Fortnite, more than anything else, and it kind of grew with the game. He 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 rode a really good tidal wave yeah. with Fortnite getting popular at the same well, time he did. So, Anna, but he, I'm not going to compare him to something called Dado, uh, Dado Does Destiny, or Dado Plays Destiny which for Destiny 1's run was the hotness. Like, it was maybe not the biggest Destiny channel, but one that kind of went from fucking nothing. Like, Dotto had some other channels out there, but, like, this was his meal ticket. Like, and it was lots of Destiny content cranked out, and whenever, and, like, it was one of these things where it's, like, it was the almost full subscribership watching every Destiny video he put out. And when Destiny started to die down some in its third year, he put out other content to significantly reduced results mm-hmm. because no one cared about Dotto. We cared about his destiny content. Like I fucking unsubscribed from him when it became kind of this weird vlogging thing about what it's like to be a destiny streamer. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about this dude. I, I didn't like you that much in the first place. I'd subscribe because you had like the inside scoop on some destiny shit. But like now Peshaw. I think it's one of those ones where Ninja has interwoven himself with Fortnite. It's not the first game he played, but it's the one that kind of really catapulted him some. It's the one he's known yeah. for now. And 
that game has a brand and it has an aimed it has a targeted audience. It's everyone, but it's really fucking popular with teenagers and kids. Like um uh Jen's nephew plays Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And he's like 10, I think. Like Fortnite has entered into that weird realm that like the halos occupy where it's not just gamers or like the gaming knowledge talking about it. It's fucking everyone. It's everywhere. Like this is this is the out of control train wreck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's and eventually these things die. They just take a little bit of time. Like we're now at a point where it's like, oh yeah, Halo Six might get announced soon. Okay, and there's still a Halo Professional League. But like, if you were to scroll back to like Halo One in two days and said like. Hey, there's gotta be an esports league with like a fucking streaming channel and a TV thing based around Halo. Everyone would be like, "Oh shit, Halo!" And now it's like, "Oh yeah, that exists, I guess." Halo, it's a thing. I own an Xbox One. Halo, it's yeah. a reason. Like that's not me shit talking Halo. That's just me pointing out like you had Halo players, and whether like, if they chose to move on or chose to stay is up to them, but. Ninja is now kind of twisted around Fortnite. It, it, he is attached to that thing. Maybe he can shift away from it. Maybe he can't. But he's making the savvy business decision of kids like Fortnite. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like that's the thing, though. I, 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 this dude is making the right move. Yeah. I, I, I have to. I, I'm agreeing with you on that. Like, absolutely smart move. Yeah. But he is interwoven with Fortnite, and he rode that tidal wave of Fortnite. Yeah. So I. One of the most interesting conversations I actually had ever at an E3 was with a guy who was a um, World of Tanks streamer. Uh-huh. He got paid kind of a living wage yearly to stream World of Tanks. I think it was like 30 hours a week or something. Uh-huh. And he did That's that. And it pay, yeah, it paid the bills, et cetera, et cetera. Like fairly manageable streaming schedule paid by the World of Tanks people. And like it was on his personal Twitch account and all that jazz. But it's like, okay, so it's like Monday through Friday – you stream World of Tanks from this hour to this hour for, like, what's that come out to? Like, six hours a day kind of thing. And we don't care what the shit you do the rest of the time. Had a World of Tanks following. Could not get people to watch his other streams. He's like, he's like I can get 10,000 people in a thing to watch. I'm probably making that number up. Like, it's like, I can get a bunch of people in to watch me play World of Tanks, but I'll get, like, a couple hundred in to watch me play anything else. He's like, and I can't yeah. quit my job as a World of Tanks streamer because I'm not really a successful streamer. I just, it's like the World of Tanks community cares about me, but the rest of the community doesn't. Yeah. And like I'm kind of locked in at this point where this is what I stream. Hmm. And I think, and it's one of those things where kind of like it's the, a lot of Destiny streamers went through that problem. Like a uh, fucking, um, my name is uh, Bife, Blyfe. Uh, he did lots of lore videos and his bread and butter was Destiny. And he was kind of very heavily in the Destiny lore stuff, and his content is great. I love his stuff. It's He's one of the few Destiny YouTube channels you should watch. His stuff is great. It's well-edited. It's well-done. It's well-voiced. His production values are great. Don't know about his streams. I like his kind of lore videos. They're fine. But when Destiny 2 hit, he literally didn't have enough stuff to talk about. And, yeah. like, he did a video where he's like, yeah, so, um, we're gonna do other games now because... I can't do this. And he made the mistake of going to Monster Hunter. And uh, you can't do his style content that does really well with Monster Hunter as well because, hey, there's other people already doing it. And 
that community, unlike the Destiny one, is really specific on who they let be an expert on that game. Like, it's the the amount of time you have to put into Monster Hunter to be considered an actual player of Monster Hunter is in the thousands of hours. Yeah, like the, the expert YouTubers on that game are fucking hardcore. And yeah. unlike other games out there, Monster Hunter has, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, has kind of the breadth of content kind of to facilitate that some. It, they do stuff with that game. It's kind of strange. Like, it's, Monster Hunter World was always going to be a smashing hit because it was a Monster Hunter game, but it got people like me that didn't like the previous Monster Hunter games in, which is a giant fucking deal. Who always wanted, it's like, I want to play Monster Hunter, but I don't like it on my DS. Now it's on console. Fucking yeah! I, <laughs> I have to circle back to my point. Lots of people shackle themselves to a specific content idea or a specific kind of game or whatever identity, and when that game goes out of fashion, either you survive or you die, and I think the reality is a lot of streamers and YouTubers are going to die, A, because monetization just got a fuck-ton harder, and two, like, Fortnite is not always going to matter. It may take a decade for that to come to pass, but eventually, we won't care about Fortnite anymore, kind of like the fact that like, when Destiny 3 comes out, which it will, because Activision has contracts, you were insane to release in the same window as Destiny 2. Any game can release in the same window as Destiny 3, I think, at this point, and probably do just fine. Yeah. Like, hell, remember the time period we were all about Grand Theft Auto 5? Yeah, that was fun, but, I mean, Grand Theft Auto 5 is still pushing yeah, content yes, out. Yes, and like... it's still around, but it's not the same fervor it was. No. I think that, that definitely died down because yeah. everyone's getting ready for Red Dead. But that's my example. Like, it's the Red uh, Grand Theft Auto V was the hotness on YouTube and stream for a long time. And then it got replaced with some other stuff. And then that got replaced. And then that got replaced. Like, and none of it's gone. They still have audiences for some specific stuff. But it's not like, it's not killing it the same way it used to be. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the ebb and flow of just pop culture. Yeah, and I think it's one of those ones where, so... The, the the two best friends play guys the super best friends YouTube channel Twitch stuff they've built a brand around their personalities like it's they don't play one thing they play whatever the kind of fuck they want or what fits their brand and it's their brand not some games brand and whether you like their brand or not if you like their brand you're gonna watch their shit I used to like their brand a lot I kind of got burnt out over time with some of the games they were playing with the early stuff I really dug the stuff that was on Machinima that stuff was cool. And the stuff mm -hmm. I did around that was pretty cool. Like the, the, the first five years of their stuff I thought was pretty solid. Like three years, four years? And they've kind of gone... They've, and they haven't really changed who they are that much at the end of the day. As streamers and YouTubers, they've changed, which has changed their content some. But they are who they are. Yeah. Like, in some ways, their personalities have gotten, like, doubled down on. But, like, this is going to sound real weird. The MOBAs of streaming content will survive where it's kind of a character-driven thing, the fighting games, where it's all about this one character or something, will not. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck did I make that metaphor? <laughs> and to really circle back really hard to your original question, SWS has always strived to be kind of character-driven and not content-driven at the end of the day, which, yeah, it seems to work out okay for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, this topic took a very interesting twist and turns, and I'm glad it's, we 
dove into I've it. I've been doing so much bizarre research lately on I don't get why I've been so fascinated with it. Like the 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 bullshit going around the YouTube stuff is just fascinating to me because it's a bunch of people in their mid to kind of early or late twenties. Like it's twenty year olds, got that entire spectrum of twenty year olds that are suddenly like it's they're suddenly not special anymore, or it's suddenly it's like, wait, I'm not making a hundred thousand dollars a week off of or month or whatever. They're not making money as easily as they used to, and they're being forced to leap through hoops, and they realize kind of how fucking hard content production really is especially when you can suck putting effort into it and i like youtube is moving to kind of an mtv approach where it's like hey uh the fcc vetted this shit for us already so it's fine to put on our platform because we can totally advertise it's gonna be lots of saturday night live clips and music videos or whatever hope you like that on our platform and like maybe we'll go back at some point but the reality is like youtube is synonymous with tv at this point and if they could get more tv on there they're going to be just fine. They don't need the fucking DIY people. Yeah. Like, fucking Cobra Kai is being hailed as one of the best TV shows of 2018. I've heard it's really it's fucking really good. It's really fucking you good. watched I, it. Yeah. To plug you Cobra Kai it. again, I think that show's really fucking good. Like, as some of the best TV I've seen in a long-ass time, and it happened to be on YouTube. Yeah. Hmm. Like, it's kind of the Netflix effect, where, like, Netflix for a long-ass time had some of the best TV shows that weren't TV shows because they weren't showing up on TV. Well, Netflix still has some phenomenal. Programs. Well, they still have great stuff, yeah. But they they kind of crank out four or five of the same shows over and over now. Like I, I noticed a trend where it's like, oh, we're gonna take a quirky female character who's in this very specific circumstance that will appeal to hipsters or kind of that group and make a show about how quirky her and her friends are. Mm-hmm. Is this a particular show you're talking about? I guess lost a new show called like uh, about motherhood or something where. It has the same like cover photo as like five or six other shows. And I'm like, oh, it's the quirky hipster show. Got it. Hmm. We're going to take this eccentric looking person and show you that they're a normal person just like everyone else. We're going to make the cooking show for people that hate cooking shows. <laughs> that would be a pretty good show. It's it. It's, I it's, would it's watch called, it the, it's called like Hot Mess or something where it's a bunch of people that don't have any right being on a cooking show competition in a cooking show competition with, like, real chef judges being like, eh, this cake is kind of damp. Oh, wait, it's not cooked. Oh, shit. Like, it's it's a bad show, but because it's Netflix, it's like, look how cool we are. We're not network stuff forcing. Like, we're not HGTV and Food Network. We're edgy. Like, And that's what all this fucking comes down to. It's like, for so fucking long, YouTube and streaming content, like, all of this gamer shit has appealed to the fucking edgelords in all of us, and we're not comfortable with it now appealing to the not edgelord parts of us. Like, we feel special because we have media made just for us. It's raw and uncut, and it's got swearing and tits and blindness and violence and, like, fucking Luke Kang will kill a man on stream or whatever. Yeah, it, it's why you can't talk about religion on Reddit. It's... The community feels threatened, and suddenly everyone's up in arms being like, Boo! Burn the church! Or, Boo! Burn the family-friendly shit! Like, it's the same gameplay, he's just not swearing anymore. Like, in theory, you should have the, you should care about it the same way, but you're all into how cool it is to be edgy and swearing. Mm-hmm. And occasionally drop some profane language, like, ooh. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I've probably taken this in some directions you never expected. No, but I'm interested in seeing how this has been traveling. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I'm probably monopolizing this. Some you got any stuff you want to add? No, we've I've pretty much said my pieces Fair. when it comes to this stuff. Like you evolve with the business, or you're doomed to fail. In, in the end of the day, like if you're not a fan of it, take your business elsewhere. That's with anything. Like, yeah, and uh, this is the latest iteration on Twitch of like it's just for gamers. It's now for anyone streaming content. Boo! We don't want this. We're getting rid of titty streamers. No, that was content for us. Yeah, I want to jerk off and watch League of Legends at the same time and not feel weird about it. That'd be so odd, though, because later on when you watch League of Legends, your body's programmed to have a fucking erection. I would fucking love if, like, it's like, and we have the um, privacy section of the League of Legends World, uh, World Finals because, yeah, our community is terrible. Yeah, like, you really want to give yourself that fucking, was it Pavlov's dog treatment with, when it comes to fucking League of Legends? Ugh. That would deeply amuse me. That would really fucking <laughs> amuse me. You know what, though? I bet there's somebody out there who has that. I, anyway. Uh, if, if you listen to this and have accidentally found yourself or, like, you can't get hard unless you're watching or can't get aroused without watching, like, some specific video game-ass shit because of titty streamers or whatever the version of that you're into was, please let me know. I will put your email in the podcast. <laughs> oh, I want to hear about this so fucking bad. Because you're absolutely right, because porn addiction is a real thing. Titty streaming addiction, I'm sure, was also a real thing. Yeah. So if you get aroused by things that shouldn't arouse you, such as a video game, write to it. No, no, I don't, I don't want anything. I want just, like, if, if you can only, like... If you can only get aroused by watching, like, the worst person play uh, fucking uh, uh, PUBG or something. I don't want anyone, because fetishes are fetishes. I don't really want to know that business. But I want to know, like, uh, it's like, yeah, I, I got to be watching me some uh, Destiny <laughs> Lair of the Ancient shit or some shit like that. Like, it, it's only WoW raids that do it for me at this point. <laughs> and, like, half the people there have to have Korean and Russian accents. Mm-hmm. It's gotten that specific. Or don't write in. I, I encourage you not to do that, too, because that would be weird, but I would find it deeply amusing. <laughs> yeah, it's Barbie Horse Adventure that does it for me. That's a choice, dude. It's fucking Call of Duty. Okay, yeah, you're like most people. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that transition, we have no emails this week, but if you want to write in, we can be reached at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email address, Alex? WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. Spell as it sounds down in the show notes. Yeah, if you want to write in talking about weird gaming shit you've seen on Twitch or whatever, we'd love to hear about it. We will talk about that. I, Yeah, I I really wanted there to be like a titty streamer Olympics now or something, or like worlds for video games that were just titty streamers. Now that I think about it, just see how fucking awkward that crowd would be. I, I don't. <laughs> I do. Oh, I, I love it when people are like, yeah, I'm going to the T-Streamer World Finals. Does that mean you're good or just popular? <laughs> One guy who's there is like, I'm only here to see so-and-so play because I love her work as a support character. Really? Really? <laughs> and then seeing dudes trying to get into that stuff, that'd be great too. <sighs> I'm a bad person. <laughs> But, yeah, write us emails, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing is off limits, apparently. It's been a weird podcast of me saying shit. <sighs> you got anything you want to pimp before we close it out, Alex? Um, I may end up having to reschedule my 24-hour stream because I'm trying to get into the motion of uh, 
the move and all that. So yeah. I may cut it down to a smaller stream. It's amazing how disruptive to an upload and streaming and recording schedule a move can be. Yeah. I would know nothing about that. So, <laughs> I see. But yeah, uh, still going to try to do something on the 26th. I may do like a 12 or you know, something hour stream, but I don't think I'm going to do the full 24. Sure. At least not at this point in time. Maybe when I get settled down uh, out in Oregon, then maybe I'll do that. But that's where I'm at right now. Other than that, my usual, you can find me on Mave Online across the board, yep. all the social medias. I post random shit from time to time. Woo! 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 Indeed. So I don't think I have anything else. Uh, actually, well, any update on our content stuff? Uh, I had an HVAC vendor come in, be like, "It's gonna cost you money to install some stuff here," and I'm like, "That's too much money." But he's like, "I might buy your motorcycle though," and I'm like, "That's cool." <laughs> I. This weekend was supposed to be Charlie starts cleaning out the garage, and it's not. Here we are. Yep. I if I was a gambling man, I might. We're not going to make E three. We're we're definitely not going to make E three. I I'd like to say we'd be done by the end of summer, but I don't fucking know. It's this hiatus has been kind of nice in a weird way. It's weird you have to do lots of time, like have a dog and patch drywall. Yeah, like I. Reality is, if I was going to be a gambling man, I'd say like, oh, will any of your hobbies return before? Like, the year is over, I'd be like, I'd love to get back into brewing and video game recording stuff, but I'm not going to lie to myself. <laughs> like, I could get back into brewing tomorrow and it'd be fucking easy, but I haven't. Yeah. Because I need to move that fridge at some point, because it's, it's in a bad location. Yeah, I don't know. I talked to my electrician about putting, like, it's like I, need, like, I need new outlets. Outlets cost money. Yep. yep. And take time. Electricians are like, we won't do that for free. And I'm like, damn, I was hoping for free. Free was the price I wanted, but wasn't expecting. <laughs> what were we talking about again? Uh, outlets and moves. Sure. Fat guys. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think I'm about to dust it for this week. You want to take us out? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> Cue the metal.